This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, die, Romeo, you stupid asshole. Cue the music. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always, well, almost as always, is one half of the Destructo Bros. Yo, what's up everybody? It's Nate. And then we have a guest this week. We didn't introduce him on the Patreon. Hopefully you'll know his voice by now, but if not, he is the wonderful Mr. Puzzles, Dane. How you doing, my brother? What up? Doing good. Happy to be back so soon. Yeah, man, it's good to have you back. Yeah. We got uh, lots of good positive feedback from the last time that you were here. It was a good Yeah, episode. my mom really liked the show. And mine too. <laughs> That's not all she liked. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! <laughs> uh, fair enough, fair enough. How you boys been the past two weeks? Let's. Uh, I'm going to go clockwise, so we'll start with Nate. Yeah, so this kind of goes back a little bit more than two weeks. It's something I've been kind of holding under my hat for a while now. I uh, wanted to make sure everything got resolved before I brought it up in a more public form, but never trust your company that you work for, folks. Like, I know Dalton's been very vocal about his um, work issues and things like that. Um, so, I work f- mainly in big tech companies, right? And I'm sure if you've watched the news or anything like that, you've heard about all the big tech layoffs. I was laid off at the beginning of February, very unceremoniously by a company that refers to all of its employees as family. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. That's just what I would do to kick your kid out because you <laughs> want to save a couple dollars. But you'll keep a fucking celebrity on retainer for $10 million a year, which would have paid about 100 plus employees had you not... It just pisses me off. Don't trust companies you work for. I've got a new job. I'll be starting on that next week. But man, corporate America does not have your back. Don't have its either. Never feel bad if you want to leave your job. Just fucking do it because they will not back you up regardless. Yeah. Fucking amen to that. But on that note, I'm also in a really weird, lonely place because like, um, I'm here at home by myself for the week because my wife is on a business trip for her own. I start my new job next week. They immediately flying me out to California to meet up with everybody and do a bunch of (laughs) corporate meetings. Then the week after that, my wife gets home and is going to Disney world with her employees because they hit their sales goal for the year. So she's taking her employees to Disney world. So I'm like, damn, this is like three weeks. I barely get to see my wife. That is sad for me. Right? That's gonna you're gonna be like <clears throat> when she gets home, it's gonna be like, all right, turn the phones off, turn the everything off, put on the Marvin Gaye or the, <laughs> the Barry Manilow, light some candles. Yeah, man. Pop a cork. So pour some wine. Yeah. I mean, the one positive I'll say through all this is I did get a pretty good um what is it called? When they let fire you, I mean, severance. Pay. Yeah, I got a pretty good severance package, so I'm actually coming out way ahead financially in the matter. But that doesn't account for all the stress getting laid off puts you through, not and seeing all the layoffs in the companies that you generally work for happening. It's like, am I going to be able to find something? So, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I feel you on that. I went through the same deal uh, probably about six or seven months ago. Uh, mine was like two hours notice by geez. out the door. I mean, I was going to be quitting in two months anyway, so they just gave me an early vacation for it. But yeah. uh, I was a contract worker, though, so I didn't get any severance at yeah. all. Well, while we're on work drama real quick before we continue on with Nate's past two weeks. Um, so I normally talk about this stuff on Yapspod, but so I'll, I'll clean it up a little bit. Um, so there's a girl that I work with. Okay. No, I'm sorry. There is a person that I work with. Uh, they um, are pregnant. Um, I guess like when I first started there, they went by Dawn and then started going by Jackson. So like they prefer to be called they or he. But they are pregnant, and it was very confusing. <laughs> I tried to keep it, so I just started calling them Jackson. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, Jackson, how you doing? That just solved the problem. Just always refer to them by their name. Anyway, um, we also have, we, so we had three pregnant girls up front, and one of them's already gone and not coming back after she gets on her maternity leave or whatever. And I overheard her saying, like, I'm just going to get my GED and get an office job. And I laughed out loud, like while I was stalking when I heard her say that, because I was like, "Oh, you naive young and <laughs> good, good luck in an office job with just a GED these days." <laughs> but um, so she left. Then uh, the other girl was Annie, and Annie is hilarious, right? Annie's from the ghetto. She don't take no shit from nobody. She's the sweetest fucking girl, and she's pregnant, and she's like busting ass working she's she's like i'll work to my water breaks i don't give a damn i'm here to make money <laughs> and then you and then you had jackson who didn't do a goddamn thing while they were at work but ring people up like wouldn't even wipe the counters down and there were a couple nights that trisha scheduled her them, god damn it see i'm still doing it them to close but they had to do closing duties well i ended up having to do closing duties before i left that night at like seven because they said that they couldn't do it because they're not supposed to lift over a certain amount, which is true, which is true. None of our trash cans get that heavy, but it's true. And so, so long story short, we would always do the chores for them, except one night, <clears throat> one night there was no one there to do the chores, but them. So they did some of them what they could and then didn't do any more. And then the person that came in the next day had to fix it and everything, yada, yada, yada. Well, that one night spawned them to go to HR <laughs> And complain that they were um, being overworked while being pregnant, which could possibly lead to a miscarriage, um, yada, yada, yada. So now she's on disability leave from HR. So now we're down another person. <laughs> and I'm just like, huh. and, and let me tell you, the only reason I bring this up is because Annie is still pregnant, still busting ass. And Annie is furious about those other two girls. <laughs> she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Y'all can't handle this shit. God what the fuck's wrong with these people these days? <laughs> okay. I just, I just listened to Annie and I'm weak like, ass babies. Preach girl, preach. <laughs> but it's just tremendous. But we did, we did just hire this new young guy who's like big football player kid. So like, hopefully they start fucking making him lift some of the heavy shit and let me rest my old ass <laughs> every now and then. It's like, yeah, I'll go throw food stock all day, dog. But you like, you can, you can go make that water pallet. How about that? <laughs> Those 24, 24 packs. Fuck that. Anyways, Enough about that. What you been up to uh, other than other than the job stuff? Anything interesting been happening, brother? I mean, no, man. Like, uh, since I haven't been <laughs> Fair working, enough. I've been just playing a lot of video games. Got some Persona in, got some Like a Dragonition in. 
got some near automata in, you know, <laughs> nothing yeah. too crazy. I've been kind of milking, not having to do anything. Honestly, it's been nice just having, cause look, this is the first time in my adult life where I haven't had a job. So I've just been kind of big chilling. I tell you when I've gone, through, <clears throat> I've gone through extended periods of time, just not being able to find work and it's always really stressful, but at the same time, it's so goddamn relaxing. It's this weirdest feeling where like, you'll be just chilling like all day and then get hit with like an hour worth of dread. And like, you go and do like 15 job applications cause you're feeling bad about it. And then that feeling goes away and you're like, oh. and then you just, then you're just chilling again <laughs> until that next hit of dread. And you're like, Oh God, then I need to go apply to jobs. Oh God. <laughs> what about you, Dane? What you been up to brother? Uh, mostly yard work. Uh, right about the same time, uh, about six months ago, we finally got moved into our new place. And we had it put out on Milan, which used to be a very, very grown-up field. So the last couple of weeks, I've been clearing the field, turning it into a yard, trimming up a bunch of trees, cutting down a bunch of trees. I'm sore as shit. <laughs> Dude, tree work ain't no joke. No joke at all. And it's got tons and tons of like, poison oak and stuff crawling up in it, oh, and my dumb ass no. is swinging, out, swinging from it like George of the fucking jungle. <laughs> Did you get those really bad windstorms uh, that we had come through your neck of the woods? Cause like they called for it. Uh, I think we were under a tornado warning for like 15% chance, but we had like a stiff breeze for about two hours as pretty much all it came from a little bit of thunder. Yeah, okay. Like bro, the straight line winds here. Like we, like I, I think Willie talked about it on the, was it that long ago? I don't even remember anymore. But we had really bad storms that pushed like, Everybody around me lost their power except for me, which was insane because I had a job interview that day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some, something, something was looking out for you that day. I know. I was just like, Jesus, because that's the job I got, too. So it's just like, I'm real happy it didn't go out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> the, uh, so I listened to uh, the Jim Cornette experience, and he lives in the Louisville mm-hmm. area. And let me tell you, listening to him rant about that fucking wind was hilarious. And he was like, he just on Twitter, he just posted a picture of his yard and there was a fucking huge tree that's just smashed through his fence. (laughs) And he goes, my neighbor's big ass tree that's been there for like 200 years is now laying on my fucking fence. More on the experience. (laughs) And he did. He was ranting about (laughs) <laughs> this big ass Jesus, he's just sitting in his house listening to all this wind, and all of a sudden he just hears the loudest boom outside. He's just like, Oh, god damn it. Oh, I don't think that did talk about this on the podcast, but like, and if I did, I apologize, but it was funny as hell, so I'm gonna bring it up again. But like, I, that was the same day though. I was sitting in here, um, this room playing like a dragon Ishin, and I was playing, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do some karaoke. That sounds like fun. And so I started doing the karaoke and then I start doing this one song and forgive me for not remembering which one, but you know how they always puts up these backgrounds and stuff while you're doing it. This one was extraordinarily suggestive. (laughs) And I I even remember looking over my shoulders like, oh God, please don't let my wife come in here while I'm doing this. (laughs) And sure the fuck enough. Like, of course, I'm just doing it, pressing my buttons real fast while these girls barely wearing clothes are on my screen and I hear her walk in and laugh and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to spend some time she's like, hey, like I come out of there a little bit after that. I was like, she's like, hey honey. I'm like, what? Was that a porn game? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, 
sweetie, you know I'd tell you if it was, but no, that wasn't. And I had to explain to her, like, the Yakuza series at that point. It was just those <laughs> like, stupid shit. <laughs> like, to put this in perspective for you, there's just a guy that hangs out in his underwear dancing around, just around town. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, of course that's, what, that's what's going to happen to me today. <laughs> so I'm just like... Uh, it was funny as Don't hell. Worry. Like she doesn't care. Like if it was, she'd think it was funny too. But I was like, it's safe. I was yeah. like, it's not. But I see why you think it was. <laughs> You're the only waifu for me, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Obviously, it wasn't a porn game. My pants were on. Right, right. My pants are on. <laughs> Wait till she walks in. <laughs> like if she walks in while you we eventually do Doki Doki again. God. <laughs> <laughs> honey, are you? I'm just talking to cartoon girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like the moment when you find out she's a cutter, and you're like, I'm okay with this. I can deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, uh, you brought up tree work. I want to tell you boys just a quick story about one of the scariest moments of my entire life. So when I was about 15 or 16, in my side yard, a tree had fell. And landed and it was leaning in another tree so i was like I, I wanted to work out and i also wanted to cut that up so i was like i'll use my axe that my grandpa had given me it was a wood handle just with the thing on there old school fucking axe right so i'm out there and i'm swinging and i'm chopping and i'm getting this thing i'm about halfway through and i give it a good fucking swing and the head of the axe goes right over the tree and the handle hits the tree boom which broke the handle but sent the fucking axe head back at me and it hit me blunt side square in the chest boom and left a bruise on my chest i was like if that would have flipped anymore that shit would have went right right in the center of my chest and i'd have been like oh that'll make you pee a little yeah dude tell me about so flash forward to like either last year or the year before i'm in the same side yard with my chainsaw and my mom's like i would have never believed you if you told me this if i had not witnessed this happen so I'm trying to cut this tree down, and I'm low on the tree, just going, and all of a sudden, I don't know if something caught, because it just went, eh, and it ripped the side plate off of the fucking chainsaw, through the fucking chain one direction, and through the blade holder part the other direction, and I was left just holding the motor with it going, gah, 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 gah. it was still on. It, uh, I don't remember what brand it was, but I mean, hell, it's still, it was still fucking running after <laughs> flying apart. But I'm just standing there in awe like, oh, holy shit, that chain could have flew off and hit me like in the face, across the throat, anywhere, and just and just sliced me open. And while I'm just, it's just quiet. And I just hear, holy shit, come from my mom, who does not talk like that usually. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck just happened? I think there's a ghost in that side yard trying to murder you, Dalton. That's what it's. Yeah, dude. So now I drag. I just drag trees to the to the backyard <laughs> over here by the fire pit. And then I'll cut them up there. Like, I don't do shit over there anymore. Straight up. I'm like, no, that's twice now. I've almost died from trying to cut things over there. I'll bring them over. You got here. evil Kodama gunning for your ass. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Dude, so. Speaking of trying to kill yourself doing yard work, I actually was trimming a bush not that bush, but a bush in my front yard. <laughs> and like, so I just have this like a little, little electric um, hedge trimmer, basically. So this bush is well overgrown. It's like a rose bush. It's like, I like it to about nine feet tall. 
<laughs> so like <laughs> that were rose tree pretty much yeah so i was like <laughs> and i was like you know what i'm so tired of this damn rose bush every time i try to get into the passenger seat of my wife's car it grabs me so i just go out there and i'm cutting it up and i was like it's coming down and all this stuff and, and it's I'm getting a little bit careless, right? So, like, I took my other hand off of it, and I was kind of using the hedge trimmer like this and grabbing parts of the rose bush to try to, like, get a better cut angle. Got my middle finger caught in between, like, some of the blades that were going, and it went, and I'm like, fuck! And I threw the hedge trimmer, and, like, I don't look immediately. Like, so, I I grabbed my fist like this and put my hand down. I was like, I don't want to look at this. It doesn't hurt yet either. Is the thing like you know how when you do that you get that initial oh. shock and it doesn't hurt like which makes it scary. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, all right, I need to fucking look at this. So I look at it and it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it. I'm like, really? And then just blood starts pouring out of my middle finger. <laughs> God, bro, I had a I had a camping army, a Swiss Army knife shut on my pinky. Oh. I still have a scar from it, and I. Same thing. You pull, it doesn't hurt at first, and you. I pulled the blade out, and I'm looking at my fucking knuckle, <laughs> like the bone. I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that's not bleeding. And I bent my finger, and it just <laughs> shot blood out like a fucking gun. And I was like ten, so I was. Just, then I started freaking <laughs> the fuck out. But, <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's amazing how like that first initial. It's like your body sends like nerve yeah. killers there or something, until it's finally like. Okay, now you can fucking hurt you dumb shit. Yeah. So like I just busted the house. I just pour a bunch of hydrogen peroxide over it, wrap it up, and so like and then I put my then when I go back out there, I put gloves on and finish the job. But I came back in and checked it. It's healing really well. Like it doesn't feel like infected at all. Like you can like barely see like well the camera doesn't want yeah. to, but like I was like, I kinda got away kinda lucky there, because I think it was cutting through Branches thicker than my fucking fingers. So I'm just like, I, I, I've done the whole one-handed thing too, cutting, trimming bushes and everything. But my my buddy Wes, one time we were doing property preservation, we had to trim these palm trees. These palm trees were like four stories tall. So Wes, we had a uh, like one of the you know like one of the extension ladders that you can stretch out. So we had one of those maxed out. I stood on the bottom rung, so my weight was on it. Wes climbed and stood on the very no. fucking top of it no. and hugged the tree had a and he had the uh hedge not a hedge trimmer i'm sorry um pole saw yeah completely extended and using one arm while holding onto a tree trying to cut these things no. and i was like osha would shit their fucking pants if they knew this was going on right now like oh. i am just thinking about that that's awful yeah <laughs> Oh, dude, it gives me that weird feeling in my balls just picturing being up there. Like, I'm just like, nah, no thanks. I'm good. I don't like heights that, I mean, I I like roller coasters. They still fuck with my stomach. So I'm not doing just, no. No, on a rickety ass ladder, I don't, I don't, I can't do that. Like, I can get on a Mm-mm. tall bridge or whatever and look over and be like, yeah, this is safe. But like on a rickety ass ladder, like, no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. While you're hugging a tree like 20 feet in the air. So you, no, dude, yeah, no, fuck that. Oh, man. Anything else you've been up to just besides uh, the yard work? Uh, well, before we started on Nier, uh, I finally got to try out the first couple of levels of Hi-Fi Rush. That uh, rhythm game mixed with an action game. Y'all heard about that one yet? A little bit. I haven't seen any gameplay of it yet, though. I think, I think I've heard the name, but that's about it. 
it's pretty awesome game. Like everything happens on the beat. So if you're the type of person who has a hard time getting dodge timing down, uh, you get a leg up in that respect, and you get extra points and do extra damage if you're actually hitting the buttons on the beat. Uh, but like the first uh, boss battle in the game, and I forget the name of the song, but it was a Nine Inch Nails song. Nice. So instantly, I'm sold with the game. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Oh yeah, it's like a I can't afford it right Other than now. That, not a whole lot interesting going on with my end. I, I can't afford it right now, but I saw that that Metal Hellsinger yeah. game is on sale right now on Steam. I might pick that up. It just looks so good. <clears throat> Dude, it's like Doom, but if you shoot everything on beat, you get better scores and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It just seems super cool. Yeah, it seems awesome. And they brought in a ton of fantastic metal vocalists to do stuff for that game, too. Um I, I, w- I would like to say that I've been up to a bunch of things that are very interesting, but I really haven't. I've just been working my fucking dick off, um, <laughs> dealing with some <clears throat> like just weird life things that have been happening to me recently that I'm not going to get into on this show. But like, other than that, um, last night, as we finished recording Yab's Pod, it was midnight. Um, WWE 2K23 comes out this Friday, but I got the Icon Edition. So I got three days early access. So I did some quick math in my head and was like, ooh. So I closed Steam completely and then reopened it. And that beautiful button went from coming March 17th to install. And I went, yes. So I've been playing that. And I'm probably going to play more when we're done here. Because <laughs> it's real good. I had my first crash today. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's okay. It's early access. And they still, <clears throat> you know, they're going to have to hammer out some bugs because there were some bugs in the beginning of 2K22. That turned out to be a fucking fantastic game because they actually listened and would fix things that people complained about, which is not something that the older companies would do. <laughs> <clears throat> so I do have faith in it. Um, How's it feeling compared to 22 so far? So gameplay is relatively similar. <clears throat> I feel like the way that they did the mo-capping or however they did it is a little more fluid this year um the referees look like they move a little less robotically and more like humans which is nice so less um, like I've androids noticed. yeah it's less like androids oh someone's working up a segue <laughs> <laughs> um so then uh other than that like the visuals are fantastic um i have noticed so there's sometimes there's camera cutaways when you're doing like a, a, a move that's particularly strong or whatever. And the camera cutaways seem to be in 30 frames compared to whatever I'm running normally, which is weird. So I don't know if that, I haven't fucked with the settings at all yet because I've just been so enamored with going in and creating blade and downloading some guys and creating my universe show and yada, yada, yada. And GM modes already started and rowing up, um, which they, they hella updated GM mode. I am super happy because in the old game you got like, to pick whether you wanted to do like four weeks, eight weeks up to like 52 weeks, or you could do an entire year. But then after it was over, that save file was completed and you had to start over if you wanted to do another one this year, there are seasons and your goal was to get into the hall of fame and you have to complete goals over these seasons and you can choose one. You can either play against one AI or three AI or one, two or three, you know, so there, there could be four total. So of course I made all four like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And uh, <clears throat> dove in head first. But after you get into the Hall of Fame, you can continue playing. Nice. So like GM mode is now this indefinite thing. And I'm like, that is what I've been wanting since SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Like, I am so fucking happy that this game could crash like Forza Horizon 4 and I'm still <laughs> going to put like 300 hours into it. <clears throat> Which 
Let's talk about that real quick, sir. I was so happy for you when you were playing Forza Horizon 4 at first because you were not experiencing the fucking crashing issues that I was having. And then all of a sudden, I started noticing that you were saying that it was just crashing on you like after like 20 minutes. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, that game's real fun for like 19 and a half minutes. And then (laughs) it freezes every time. It's such bullshit. You look it up and it's like... For some reason, they won't patch the game to work with new drivers or whatever. It's like it's like everybody on Steam's like, oh yeah, if you just downgrade your NVIDIA driver to this version, the game won't crash anymore. It's like, why the hell should I have to downgrade my NVIDIA driver to play a video game? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna make all these other games run worse so I can make this one run right? better. It's just so stupid. It's 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 hella annoying, and the fact that like there's no mod fix for it either is interesting too that's one reason i like when like certain games release their mod tools specifically bethesda (laughs) like i don't think bethesda games would be nearly as popular as they are on pc if they didn't have the modding community no if you couldn't make the dragons the cream of the crop who would be playing skyrim still (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah you punched the shit out of your mic. <laughs> I did. I did. I just hit my I hit the shit out of my mic on accident. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I also have been playing this game. It's just called Pro Wrestling Simulator. And this one I won't go nearly as in deep with because it's 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 pretty boring. Do you guys remember those old simulator games that were all text-based yep. where you'd like run a baseball team and things like that? It's that, but with pro yeah. wrestling. Yeah, I played pro wrestling ones back in the day. Okay, well then, yeah. So <clears throat> it's it's a new one. Um, it's basically supposed to be like uh, these people's spiritual successor to like the TEW. I think it was Total Elite Wrestling or whatever that series. Um, and I've had a blast. I mean, I downloaded a couple different rosters that I've been messing around with. Um, I downloaded the current day roster, of course, and it gives me the rosters for like all of the places. So like, I immediately went and started looking at contracts for people and was like, okay, you're on a pay per appearance. Okay sign you for five years fuck that other company because i got wwf money or wwe money <clears throat> um but then i also i've been watching through um 2002 2003 raw and smackdown um and so i got 2002 roster from wwf back in the day and then it also put in like you know wcw um what was remnant remnant of ecw i think was in wwf by that time and maybe wcw as well but then it, you're also you're like your, your japanese companies your ring of honors that kind of stuff. And um, I just have a lot of fun, dude, because you can really get in depth with doing, you know, booking your segments to the point that, like, okay, so I said it for, I'm going to use two guys as an example. Let's go um, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Everybody pretty much knows who they are. So I'll set uh, Randy Savage entrance, two minutes. So that's him coming to the ring. Then he cuts a promo on Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan then makes an entrance, and I set the time for those. They come out, they have a war of words. They might have a brawl and a pull apart. And I get to set the length of all of this. And I have like my runtime. And you got to keep that in mind. You got to keep it exciting. It's it's fun. And there's nothing but text. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like it's one of those games that I'm, I'm happy that I have the imagination that I do. Because I can play it all out in my fucking head. But it's just so fun. It's just so fun. But enough about wrestling. This is not Grumpy Jeff's Pro Wrestling Power Hour <laughs> coming soon to a podcast feed near you um we have been playing uh and in fact a good tie a good tie-in to uh some androids and things like that is that in one of the 2k games you could play as terminator and you could kick ass (laughs) 
right? And he had a pretty damn cool entrance. He had uh, one where he just appeared, and then he had the one where he come in on his motorcycle. You had you had either. So the, the Undertaker played. entrance or the American Badass entrance got it. <laughs> <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> so we played near Automata. 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 I think everybody can agree it's not automated. <laughs> old near old tomato. <laughs> well, if you're going by the game, it does finally get said at one point. The game officially calls it automata. Automata. So, uh, if you want to go by the actual game, that is the correct pronunciation. But I will always say automata. Near automata. Automata pia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so before we even get into our like first impressions and all of that, we do have some O-dubs. The obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Nier Automata, see, I'm still going to call it that too, is a 2017 action role-playing game developed by Platinum Games and published by Square Enix. It is a sequel to 2010's Nier itself, Nier itself being a spinoff and sequel to the Drakengard series. Let me rephrase that. Nier is based on one of the endings that you can get in Drakengard 3, where, like, this big, dimmy AI human thing appears in, like, downtown New York or Tokyo or something and just fucking destroys it. That's just a random ending that you can get in <laughs> Drakengard 3. And, like, they spawned Nier from that, and then from Nier came Nier Automata. And uh, Nier Automata was originally released for the PlayStation 4 and Windows via Steam and an Xbox One port published the following year. A Nintendo Switch port was released in 2022, and from all facets that I have heard, the port of Nier on Switch is fantastic. Really? Apparently so. That's surprising. Because I, I considered said they were really impressed. Because I considered getting it for the Switch because I was like, if I'm going to pay full price for it, I might want to get it on a console. <laughs> but then I was like, eh, PC versus Switch performance. I think I'm going to stick with the PC. <laughs> and there's a couple other interesting things here. Um, Near Automata is set during a proxy war between alien-created machines and human-crafted androids, focusing on the actions of Combat Android 2B, Scanner Android 9S, and a rogue prototype named A2. Um, story requires multiple playthroughs, with each playthrough revealing new story elements. Uh, the gameplay combines role-playing elements with action-based hack-and-slash-combat, and it includes gameplay from other video game genres with ver- elements varying from shoot-em-up to text adventure. So we'll cover some of that. Um, but yeah, so first impressions, let's go with the guest. Uh, I almost said Nate and I just said, let's go with the guest. And then I'm looking at Nate, Dane. I don't know which one of us should be more offended. (laughs) What was your first impression Uh, with this game? When I first booted it up and I started going through, uh, you know, I'm 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 expecting an action game. I'm like, hey, I've got plenty of Devil May Cry under my belt. We just finished Metal Gear Solid, or I fucked it up already. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I'm feeling badass. Let's jump in on hard mode. So after getting my dick punched in for two hours <laughs> on the prologue, <laughs> I said, let's bring this down a peg. <laughs> so I played through this game on normal, and. Uh, when I first actually got to start doing the melee combat, the, I tried to use the guns, and it just felt wonky. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be miserable. I don't know what it was about the way the shooting portion went. It just wasn't clicking for me. 
I put the game down for a day. So the initial impression, I was like, this this is going to feel like just a slog. I was hoping for better. But then it clicked. And even though it's not as in-depth as the toward action games I love, the gameplay ended up being really satisfying, especially when you start unlocking more abilities as you go along. Yeah. So just really hard hump, especially with that just harder than balls intro that you have no save points during. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask really quickly. Dane, yeah. you said you died during the prologue. Right? Several times. Nate, you also died during the prologue. I right? died during the boss of the prologue. The, okay, me too. So it's like all three of us got to that fucking like boss and then died and realized, oh shit, we have to do all of that over again. Yep. Because there is no save point. And it's like, God. Leave it to Square Enix. I feel like there should have been a floating save crystal in this game somewhere because that's what it reminded me of is like those old days, which I guess they kind of had the the save points of their own. But and the thing, yeah, the thing about that too it was just so random to me. And I know we're still in first impressions, but I just kind of want to say something about that. Is like save points through the rest of the game were not hard to come across, <laughs> but for some reason not they wanted all. you to play this hour, almost hour long section of the game multiple times for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's it's brutal hard right there right straight off even on easy it's not i mean let me put it this way normal kicked my ass when i put the prologue on easy i was able to beat it but i was still getting hit and like it was still doing damage and stuff and i was like sheesh i can't imagine this on hard and to hear that you even tried day <laughs> Like, it no joke. It it punched me in the dick for two solid hours before I finally stepped down to normal. And after going to normal, like I breezed through that fucking opening, but I couldn't even get to the boss on hard. Wow! I was doing I was doing good to get through the opening shoot 'em up section. Oh wow! It's that big a step, huh? Wow! And I don't know if it was just not comfortable with the controls yet or if it was just that ball crushingly difficult but yeah it it took me forever to get through that opening to be able to even actually start the hack and slash portion what about you nate what was your first impression of this game i was very interested in what you were going to think of like that beginning section yeah like honestly i i decided you like I know my skill level. I'm playing this on normal, no matter what. Like, I'm not going to try to go hard. I don't feel like I'm going to need to go easy. I'm a little bit of a gamer. So let's go on normal. So I dived in, and I did not have that experience at all where I thought it was incredibly difficult. So I'm like, man, hard mode must really be a bitch in this game. Um, I thought that it was really fun, like the intro, like kind of schmuppy section of the game where it just starts you off and you're flying around shooting things. And then it has like two different kinds of flight-based combat, one where you're basically um, your traditional shmup where you're just shooting forward at enemies coming down kind of towards you. Then it has like that 360 degrees kind of style as well, which I thought was really neat. Um, And I really like that section a lot. And then you jump right into the action combat section where I thought the way they built that out was pretty interesting where you have your melee attack and you also have like your pod, which is like if you play shmup games, it's kind of like when you have an option that surrounds you and shoots for you too. Kind of yeah. like that following you, you can control that and shoot, like aim with your um, right stick and shoot with the right bumper, which I thought was a really interesting thing I hadn't seen in a game like that before. 
And I think I took to that quicker than Dane did, but that might just be the difference between hard and normal. Because I do know that there is a difference between hard and normal, where normal will let you lock on to enemies, and hard, I think, takes away the lock-on ability. Yeah, the, the harder difficulties do take away the lock-on. Yeah. On, and that was probably what was really screwing me over when I first started. Yeah. Like I got pretty good at aiming like about halfway through the game without locking on very much, but the lock on at the beginning of the game definitely felt necessary. Um, but yeah, as far as now, first impression, I thought the game was like, jumps you right into the action really fast and hard, and I think it was fun, and it looks great. Like, yeah, I was pretty impressed from the beginning. I didn't have that initial... Like, oh, shit, this is going to suck that Dane had. Like, from the beginning, I could kind of tell that it was going to be less um, in-depth than Metal Gear Rising was. But at the same time, I felt like it was going to be a little bit more in-depth than, like, Yakuza is, you know? Yeah, I can get that. Um, Excuse me. The, uh, now, since I I played on easy, and there was a, uh, an option in your, when you're setting your, your chips and stuff later on for auto targeting and things like that did you guys have any access to those or was that just an easy mode thing i didn't see it if it did most of the auto chips are turned off during normal mode um i think auto heal is probably the only one i think it's still that you use where it'll automatically uh throw a healing item on you when you get hurt okay do you Um, have like the like sorry this is later conversation go keep going dalton sorry oh no i was just gonna say i just used uh i used the auto targeting one um for fights where there was like a lot of enemies around um, but I didn't like the fact that my gun would also automatically shoot for me. Mm. I felt like that was too cheaty, so I would turn that off usually. Um, but I just I thought that was an interesting because there's a bunch of different ones. There's ones that actually do like you could basically set it up to where if you just wanted to run around and experience the story, the game will fight for you. Kind of like gambits in Final Fantasy twelve, but you can just like set up where like nine S will just go in there and attack shit for you, and you don't have to do anything. Now I didn't do that because I'm like, no, I still want to go in there and kick kick butt and every and all that but i just so my, my first impression when i loaded this up um i was like i, I remember because when i first played it, it was a while back when i first got it and i was just like wow i was not expecting a shoot 'em up i thought that this was something different and then all of a sudden it goes like you said from that like 2d top down shoot 'em up to being the 3d space moving around shoot 'em up as other things are coming at you and then when it drops you down into the action, that's when it became like Android May Cry. <laughs> and you're, I, I thought it, it flowed so fucking well. You know what I mean? Like there was no sequence break, but yet. Yeah, it just shifts the camera and it's like you're in a totally different game yeah. mode. But it felt fluid. It never felt jarring to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like some games can switch the style and all of a sudden, it, for instance, um, like a forced stealth mission. Nobody likes a forced stealth mission in a game where you've been running around being Nate the Barbarian, <laughs> just going in and just punching shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the fact that this didn't really have any of that type of bullshit to deal with that I can remember, but everything just flowed. There was never a break in like the action when everything was happening. It was happening. And then once it was over, then you might have your time to breathe and relax. Like I thought the pacing, I guess that was the word I was looking for. The pacing is just tremendous in this game. Um, so I uh, I am curious. Um, now let's go ahead and cover up front. I beat the game one time. Nate, you beat the game one time as well. Correct. Right? And Dane, you went hardcore and beat the game. How many? Uh, if you want to get technical, uh, I got the four or five endings, but it's only really three full playthroughs. Okay. So um, 
full disclosure, we'll probably not cover a ton of stuff um, from the other one. I would really like to cover that one ending because I feel like it doesn't spoil a whole lot for what happens before it, as long as we don't touch on that. It's just the moment itself is cool to talk about. Uh, Dane, if you know what I'm talking about with the credits. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like we can go into that without spoiling too much of the actual, like the rest of the story. Um, but the fact, so I almost get why this game almost never goes on sale because you spend your money and you get this playthrough and you're like, damn, that was a good game. Cause I have played games that I've spent more money on that were shorter than this. Yeah. And then they drop on there. Oh, this game's meant to be played multiple times to experience it fully. So like give it another shot. And then to hear that, okay, so you spent 30 or say you spent $60 on this game when it was brand fucking new, but there's three full playthroughs. So really you're getting three versions of this game. So like 20 bucks a piece. So if you hash it out like that, you're really, it's, it's a pretty good game, like a deal for the, the money. And I don't know why I brought that up. Why did I bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? My brain just blanked, son, right in the middle of that sentence. I'm like, why? Where was I going with this? Um, probably because I bitched about it not or going on sales since it won the that game. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that probably was, I think yeah. I bought it on one of the two times it ever went on sale. Uh, Here's a here's a bit of a spoiler for everyone. I don't regret paying full price for this game. <laughs> no, yeah, me me neither. Me neither. Um so was there was there anything about this that jumped out to you? Because I don't I mean we don't have to go beat by beat, story for story. Um but was there anything that really jumped out to you guys that was like a, a major moment that made you be like, Oh, where's this going? Because I have I had a few different moments. So the basic well only first run. Ahead. Oh, sorry. I might want to kind of give a little bit of disclosure of what the game's kind of about before we kind of talk about oh, any yeah, points enough. in the story. It's like, so basically, you're an Android 2B when you start out the game, who's this cool, badass Android girl that kills everything around her because she's a badass. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, she's a combat model, made. essentially, is what they kind of tell you. And on your first mission, you meet this other Android named 9S, who's more of a scout model, who, let's be real, that dude could fight just as well as she could. <laughs> yeah. He's also a badass, but he just is considered a, like a scout uh, mm-hmm. getting information and, style. Like, and I guess this kind of answers your question a little bit, too. Like one of the first things that I really thought was really interesting was just their dynamic together, like where she was kind of this hard-ass, so just let's get this mission done, not worry about emotions and all this. And whereas 9 S seemed really curious about everything that was going on, wanted to get to know to be better. And like, and I don't know. It's like, I like their relationship a lot, which is something I didn't expect for a game where the main characters were androids. Yeah. You kind of expect them to just be very, yeah. Uh, well, you know, and, oh, I guess this is a, that's a visual thing, but yeah, just very straightforward to the yeah. point. Like, and kind of like nine S or not nine S I'm sorry. Two B was, two B was until she wasn't right. Uh, until she was. Yeah. And like the whole concept is like, you know, humans have been living on the moon for the last like 200 years. Is that what it was? Because of the aliens that came and sent all these robots essentially that took over the world from them. And they like went to a hideaway on the moon and the androids are trying to fight back and get the humans back to where they can live on the earth again. Um, I, I will tell you a, a quick interesting fact that um, I'm just reading here is that I don't remember if they mentioned this in the game and if they did please feel free to call me an idiot but this story takes place in 11,945 AD so this game's like 9,000 years in the future 
So it's like the technology, think about technology that would be existing from then, uh, just to give people like an, a, a kind of a visualization of how advanced these androids are. Like, they pretty much bleed. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much indistinguishable from human at this point. <laughs> yeah, other than I think they have no And the no year horse. is significant, too. I don't know if you caught that. 10,000 years past 1945. Oh. What was going on in 1945? Yeah. World yeah, War. That's a really good point. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, I did not catch that, actually. But, yeah. Um, so, I think that's just kind of important context is, like, that there were aliens that sent robots that took over the world, and the humans have been living on the moon, and the androids are that resistance fighting the robots, basically trying to make the Earth somewhere the humans can come back to. Now, I think the war, uh, you find out a couple of dates in later playthroughs. I think the war between androids and machines has been going on for something in the terms of millennia, like 6,000 oh, years. Okay. So it's been a very, very long war within this game series. And uh, I'll say like one, one of the big thing, one of the big things that jumped out to me, which is kind of like an underlying story throughout the entire, at least first play, play through of the game, is this concept of machines discovering um sentience almost like like self uh what's like self-awareness like they discover like emotions like true feelings it seems like they're having for other robots like they're referring to each other as our big sister little sister like they've like kind of assimilated all this human culture they've learned into their own and have kind of started even breaking away from the robot norm, starting their own villages, starting their own worship practices, like worshiping their own gods and things like that. And being peaceful instead of choosing war, like all that kind of, dude, it's, it really, this is, this this game really made me start to think about machinery and AI and like where it could go eventually, like long after we're gone, like the shit that would hang around. Think about like, they've created robots these days, but think about, if like one of your homeboys that you hang out with, you go have a beer with him and you, you never really notice he never really sips his beer. Right. And then like that motherfucker's just, an a- and you could never know at the, at this point, I just, I don't know. It blew my mind. This entire, the entire playing through of this game just was like a mind boggle for me because I've always had this weird issue with AI <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, androids and things like that. Um, but one thing that I want to touch on too is, um, did you guys have any, no, I know. I think Nate. I think you said you didn't really mess with them much. Side quests, like did either of you do any like any meaningful ones? Because I do have a couple that I wanted to bring up. Then I'm gonna let you guys go off on what you, what some of the things that you liked about yeah, it. The one main side quest that I remember, like I did dive into, was like at there's a place where you go to this robot village, right? And there's a couple side quests there that I kind of went down the rabbit hole on. There's this one where you meet this robot. And I forgot his name, unfortunately. Like he was kind of a philosopher type robot who has all these followers throughout the uh, um, Jean Paul. Yeah, Jean Jean Paul. And like basically, you you go out and meet all his followers who have gifts for him, and you can just tell this robot actually does not give a shit about any of these people that follow him. And you're kind of wondering, (laughs) what's this robot's real deal? And there was something that alluded to in the second playthrough that made me want to know even more that I'm hoping might get revealed more as you play through the game. But like I said, I only beat, I played through a game like one and a half times, essentially. Um, that one. And then there was this other one there. This robot's like, my little sister, she got lost in the desert. Can you please help me find my little sister? And I'm like, 
have to help this robot find her little sister. Yeah. God damn it. Because, like, you start to see these robots have real emotions. Like, obviously, it's a video game. But you know what I'm saying? These robots yeah. have real emotions, and you want to help them out. So you do help her, and just like, man, I feel good that I helped this robot, because now she's happy again. And like, oh, man, this robot has emotions, and I care about how she feels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, when you go get the little sister and you find her and she's it's that classic video game trope of it's like the brothers from Final Fantasy eight where it's like, I'm going to get my older brother and the older one's small yeah. and the younger one's just this big beefy one. And that was the same thing in this one, which made me giggle. But also like that walk with with the little sister robot across the desert and like her asking these questions and like a machine being curious isn't new you know new to me but them like being curious about emotional things yeah you know like what like what is sand like what is ground and then like where do where do humans come from where do babies come from and all but then you know, also like and androids uh, getting uncomfortable with that question was yeah. what amused me yeah. on that one <laughs> like Don yeah, is like uh, um i i don't <laughs> to to be a little healthier you're the chatty yeah. one yeah <laughs> <laughs> under the bus yeah yeah, 2B was very quick to be like, oh, no, don't no, bring this is your don't problem, not us. <laughs> and again, that added to the dynamic between those two, which slowly changed over the over the course of the game. I loved that one moment where and I don't I don't know if we like we may have touched on this, too, where this game, when you're in the 3D action mode, also sometimes it'll just change to a 2.5D side scrolling platformer yeah. fighter kind of game too so like there's certain moments where you're doing that so there was this one where you're like going through this area that had multiple levels and she calls him nines and he's like what did you you just you just called me nines no i didn't (laughs) no you totally did you know (laughs) or whatever the conversation was but he was totally excited about that and she's like we're here to do a mission yeah and he's like yeah but you called me nines." (laughs) (laughs) i just i loved it man um but there, there, there's two side quests in particular that really stuck out to me. Like I said, and I wanted to bring these up and then I'll let you guys run on what you want to talk about. But like the parade. Mm-hmm. So you come across these robots that just want to spread love and they want you to protect their parade because people want to kill them for trying to spread the word of love. And I could not help but equate that to like uh having to protect like a pride parade yeah. type thing where it's like people wanting to, and I was just like, Oh my God. So I am doing my best. I I didn't let one of them die. <laughs> I was like very adamant that I'm like, I'm not letting any of you die. Unfortunately, when I tried and, that quest, I was supremely under leveled for it. Same here. Ooh, oh no. They all died. And I said, ah, cut yeah, I'll, I'll try again later. I never went back to it. Unfortunately. Oh me man. either. I, uh, there's 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 other parts to it like they wanted to do more parades and i only ever did the one and i'm disappointed in myself um because i only used one safe slot for this game so it's not like i can go back and go try to do it again but um the other one was did you guys find the fucking robot that just wanted to race yeah (laughs) did you get that one did you beat the first race yeah okay so i beat him all three races it took me that i don't even want to tell you how many how many fucking tries that last race took me it took me that first race took me like fucking 30 oh, tries. Really? I did it on like the third try. Oh, bro. I don't know what the fuck I kept doing wrong, <laughs> but he kept like, there were like at least four times that we hit at the same moment, but he had to have been a millimeter in front of me and it gave it to him. And I was like, God, damn <laughs> but he, when you finish the quest, he's like, all right, you finally proved that you're faster than me. Um, 
my purpose in life was to be the speedster and you are now the new speedster. Um, I thought I would be sad in this moment, but I feel content. I'm happy and content. My purpose is served and he fucking blows up. And I'm just like, oh shit, dude. And then his little guy who was holding the flag for him, wherever the, and he fucking blows up behind me. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I thought we were going to be friends. What is this shit? No, no. They just like, no. Okay. Thank you for beating us. Our purpose has been served. We no longer are needed. Goodbye. Boom. Oh, and it's like, they're machines. I shouldn't care. They shouldn't have feelings. That shouldn't matter. <laughs> you know, a toaster should be a goddamn toaster. <laughs> but but because of the brave little toaster, I always tell my toaster, good job when it toasts things and doesn't burn. <laughs> so, like, God damn it, dude. Like, I had a lot of moments like that in this game where it was like, it really hit me in the feels, man. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the big takeaway, though, is like, you know, you go into the game thinking, yeah, I'm going to go save this world from the robots, and then you start meeting all the robots, and you're like, I don't want to kill all these robots now. Yeah, I got that feeling really early on. I didn't get that far into the weeds with the side quests and stuff, but whenever I got to the amusement park, uh, I just assumed that once I got in there, they would start aggroing on me, so... I took the strike first approach and as I'm slaughtering all these parading happy dancing robots and they're screaming ow no pain I'm like I don't feel very good about this yeah I didn't stop but I didn't feel good about it. yeah I saw you got that achievement for killing the robot. Yeah. I didn't get that achievement yeah me neither. yeah I got the uh, killing the achievement for uh, attacking non-aggressive yeah. ones and that was my, maybe I shouldn't go in, swords are swinging, you know, hack first, ask questions never. <laughs> but, uh, uh, there were a few moments in the game that were kind of like that, where like you would be introduced to these situations with these machines and you realized, oh, wait, they're not attacking me. Okay, so let's just wander around and see what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on here. Um, uh, Pascal's Village being another one that comes to mind where like you show up in there. And like everyone's like friendly, and like you were talking about getting side quests from there. And, yeah, you know, I really liked Pascal as a character. Um, threw me off, threw me off though that it was they kept calling Pascal he, and then when you called it, it was like, "Hi, how you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose that's just machine. Yeah, that threw me a little too. Yeah, Pascal was a good robot, and I, I, honestly, I think what's a big part of the theme of the game is just like you know you're going in expecting one thing, and it gives you not what you expect a bunch of times, like gameplay wise, story wise, like, like there's so many story beats we could talk about, but I think that just the main takeaway of the game is nothing is what you expect it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. There. And, and I'm sure both of you agree. Cause we've kind of basically in a roundabout way said this, there were a few times during this game where I'm like, are we the villain? <laughs> like are androids, the bad guys in this situation? Like what the fuck is going on here? And, uh, at least in the first playthrough, I never really got an answer to that question. No. Um, so I, I don't. I mean, I do. I do kind of know because of uh, I watched the retrospective video on it. But I still, it's one of those things that even though I kind of know what's going on now, I still want to play through it and see it for myself and experience it. I don't know. How well, to I'll tell it. you, I got spoiled on a lot of the plot details, especially from the third portion of the game. Even being spoiled on some of that stuff, playing through it it still really hits you. And uh, 
there's one thing I keep thinking about while I was playing this game. It was just something that kept popping up in my head. Uh, Dalton, you're a Stephen King fan, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, have you? Oh, you too. All right, have you all read the Dark yes. Tower books? No, that is on my list of right. things I really want to read, though. My opinion, best thing he ever wrote, but that's beside the point. There is a phrase that they use a lot in the Dark Tower books because this is kind of a post-apocalyptic world that's kind of like Earth, but not exactly. They talk a lot about how this is a world that has moved on. And that was the kind of feel that I got the whole time playing Nero Automata. This is a world that has moved on from humanity. And you can tell there's just little glimpses of it here and there. But this is, it's, it's just moved forward. And there's just this deep melancholy the whole time, very atmospheric. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. only gets deeper as you go through and start getting the other endings into the third act. And very uh, muted color palettes, I think, added to that too. <laughs> like nothing was very bright and vibrant unless like maybe some grass or something here and there. But. Yeah. And the, like the thing is, is like you see all these ruins of what was clearly the human civilization. Like there's one part where you end up in the desert and you meet this one place and you see this place. You're like, what was this for? And your pod kind of like, this was what was once known as an apartment complex. And you're like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. This was once a shopping mall yeah. where people would come to spend money. And they, when you go to that shopping mall, it's another scene where like the androids, like you're talking about, like how like the robots that are having their free will, the androids with like nine S looks like talks to me. He's like, you know, if we were humans, we might have went shopping here. Focus on the mission. <sighs> yeah, sorry, just crazy stuff like that. <laughs> and one thing I kind of want to touch on too is like we've obviously mentioned there's multiple playthroughs at this point. Like the first one you're playing through is two B. The second one when you start that up, you're nine S this time when you're playing through the game. So you're seeing everything basically the same game through 9S's perspective of it. There's a few parts in the game I really want to get to in 9S because I want to see how that plays out in his mind. Because like I thought it was really fascinating on that first mission playing it as 9S. Um, but one thing that really stands out to me in that playthrough too is like it goes a little bit deeper into the lore of what's going on with the robots too. Like They do such a good job of splitting the story in ways that you do need to play it multiple times to see it. Because like Dalton, I don't think you got this far, but there was one point, like you remember in the um, theme park, amusement park area, where you fought that major boss that like took care of like, you get so much more of that robot's backstory when you play it as 9S because you do the hacking stuff and he can kind of read into her brain a little bit more. And it just like totally changes your perspective of that one robot that you just thought was this complete evil, twisted scary ass boss and then you get to see like the quote unquote humanity within her when you play that same boss fight as 9S and it's just wild to me um that was one thing I really found interesting is that it switched the perspective and yeah it's, it's that there's a few things uh the, the retrospective video that I watched said that playing through his 9S really like hammers home how fucking integral he was to what 2B was doing in her playthrough like behind the scenes what he was hacking and you know when he would find the points for you to go in and be like that's where you need to shoot to destroy this and like things like that yeah yeah, you didn't see that in the first mission as 9S it's like really cool because you see what 9S was doing while 2B was just making her initial flight down and 
get to see what happens from 9S's perspective when he's doing the hacking, what 9S was doing when he was laying on top of that um, Colossus, just basically almost dead before Tubi beat the boss and gets to him, what he was doing during that time period. Just, like, wild. I loved it. Um, I will say, so how do I... I'm going to word this without giving any spoilers, but Dane will know what I'm talking about. There are revelations later on i think it's in the third playthrough um about uh 2b and 9s that absolutely make this game go from sad to fucking tragic (laughs) like and 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 it only gets worse and it kind of explains why the dynamic is the way it is between them two and it's oh chef's kiss i would hug yoko taro if i could if i ever met him in his fucking weird helmet that he wears emile's head (laughs) Oh yeah, did you meet? Did you ever find yeah. Emil? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get a glimpse of Emil in the shopping mall when you first show yeah. up there. The, he, That's right. I found him really shortly after that too, driving his little shop cart around. Yeah, I had to shoot him to make him stop. It was like he's freaking out. You got to calm him down. We'll give him a whack. <laughs> so, so I whacked him, and he was like, "Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll sell you something." Um, fun fact: he's a secret boss. No, I kind of thought he might be. Um, <laughs> So you can go to, I think it's his lair underground and fight him. But it's another one of those things where you don't fucking feel good about it. It was in an outside Xbox video, I think, about like bosses that make you feel bad for beating them. And Emil was in there because it's like you beat him and he's just like, oh, okay. I guess you can just take whatever you want then. You can just have it. And he's super defeated and you're just like, oh, God. Oh, God. No, no, I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay double. <laughs> no, please. Um, yeah. Another just quick fun fact of another secret boss that's in this game. I think it's in one of the DLC. Um, you get to fight. I think it's like a max level uh, CEO of Square Enix. <laughs> uh, I don't remember Homeboy's name. Hold on. I have it pulled up here. Uh, CEO boss fight. Yeah, what is his name? Oh, Yusuke. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yusuke, Yusuke Masuda. That's funny. You can just fight him. He's just the CEO and you just kick his ass. And then there's like another dude that you could fight too. There's, I don't know. Very strange though <laughs> that they just threw that in. Oh, here we go. It's, uh, yeah, the, the guy from Square Enix and then also uh, Kenichi Saito, who's the, uh, got the CEO of Platinum Games. So you can just beat up the CEOs. <laughs> Wouldn't mind punching a couple CEOs myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no joke. So, you guys want to talk about the first ending? Maybe, maybe uh, not full details, but that. So, there's the, the, the scene in particular. I think we all know what I'm re- referencing is when shit's done. Like you think that you've saved everything, and you're standing there, and you turn around, and 9S is like. I really messed up. And he's got that virus black spreading on him that uh, Eve had. It was it was Eve, right? Yeah. It was, or was it Eve that died and it was Adam at the end? Yeah. One, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, there's two. By the way, there's two androids that you watch get birthed from a big ball of machines. But they're not androids. They're robots. It's, it's really, it's really confusing. I'm, I think I probably get to learn yeah. more in multiple playthroughs, but... Yeah. It finally starts to make sense nor, uh, during your third playthrough with some other... Okay secret like revelations they look like androids right. but they act like robot it's really interesting and they're named adam and eve which is just interesting too like just thinking about that like oh okay uh 
We need a Yokotaro Bible. I need him to flesh this story out more in text form. <laughs> um, no, but which uh, they actually, you actually get to see a piece of dialogue between them. This isn't a big, major spoiler or anything. During your second, I think run, I saw this one, where they're, uh, where Eve is like, "Why am I named Eve? Wasn't Eve a woman? Wouldn't it be more appropriate for us to be named Cain and Abel?" And then Adam's like, "No." No, uh, Adam and Eve, they're important names. We want to go with Adam and Eve. It, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's not the one I was thinking of, but yeah, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> um, the one that I was thinking but, of uh, was like they had Adam and Eve, and Eve was sitting there eating an apple. And it's like, do I have, why am I eating this apple? I'm a robot. This doesn't do anything for me. And Adam's like, the humans ate the apple, and that's what gave them this massive wealth of knowledge. Like, definitely looking at things from the Bible. And just trying to be more like human because Adam's like kind of obsessed with becoming human. It feels like that's what it seemed like. And Eve's just kind of like, like the little the, brother following along. Because the the world space where you fight Adam was one of the coolest looking things in the game, in my opinion. Because yeah. you go from like the regular world and you go into his little hellscape or whatever the fuck it was, and it's just muted black and white. Yeah. And I'm just like, it looked like um, the unfinished Swan almost. And I'm just like, whoa. And I sent I sent you the thing, and I was like, "Whoa, this new area looks badass!" And then I think the next day when you got to it, you sent me that screenshot, and you were like, "Whoa!" Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, I know, bro." <laughs> um, but that that scene where not that virus is spreading through nine S, and she's telling him like he's like, I, "I can upload my conscience. I'll reset myself. It'll be fine." And she's like, "Yeah, but then this this version of you won't be here anymore." And he's like. Yeah, I suppose you're right. And then she just like straddles him, not in a sexual way, but a sexual but, like, way, and but 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 also yeah, a very <laughs> sexual way at the same time, and just grips his throat, starts choking him to death, and he she, and she does, she chokes him to death, he dies, and here here is where I figured she would shrug it off and be like, that's just the way of the machine or whatever or the way of the android. I was wrong. She starts like crying tears, like real tears, just. And just sobbing, upset over having to do this. And I was taken aback by that a little bit again, because it was like character development over the game <laughs> where it's like, oh, so she did care about him. Oh, <laughs> type. And then and then he shows up in the uh, the big brother style, big daddy style robot thing over there. And he's like, hey there. And she's like, oh, my God, you're OK. And then she gives some dialogue in the game. ends. But I was very much like, oh, they're going to end this on like a real sad note. Yeah. Uh, turns out, no, that that they do end it on a real sad note, just not that place. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> I got that um, to look forward to. I I do I do actually want to mention, um, like we we talked about the the final credit scene, but I guess before we get that far, is there anything else about the game you guys wanted to touch on? Other yeah, than, like so, like we mentioned, this game has like the five or so main endings. It also has a ton of just little oh. ridiculous bullshit endings as well. Um, and one of them is why I kind of stopped playing the game and didn't end up beating my second playthrough <laughs> because there was this one point where I was, um, at this area where they're like, you need to get to this place really fast other and help save the people from what's going on over here. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm running and doing that. Apparently I took a wrong turn there and I just get this dialogue box that pops and says, 9S and 2B have decided to abandon their mission and blah 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 blah. I was like, oh no. And the game ended and I got that ending. I hadn't saved for over an hour and a half at that point. So <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this game for a couple for a little bit. 
the game does literally have like 26 different endings, but of those, like 21 of them are bullshit like that. Um, I'll tell my bullshit accidentally got a bad ending like that at one point during the third playthrough. I'd hit a point where I was trying to pick up a expansion chip, which is just a skill upgrade, and my inventory was full. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go in there and throw some trash away because this is a pretty good chip. So I just go in, jump in, go to toss a chip, and I accidentally pull my OS chip out. Oh, no. Which says in big, bold letters right underneath it, removing this chip will be an instant <laughs> death. And I lost an hour and a half of progress. <laughs> because I was just that, you know, thumbs of fury, like, quick, let's get this out of here. I want to get back to fighting. And then, fuck, game over. Oh, man. So I also, and then I got a special ending for it. I also uh, experienced <clears throat> one of these bullshit endings, although I lucked out a little more. I didn't lose any game time. Um, I, I had saved right before this, so I ported to the Desert Resistance Camp area. And there's a character there named Jackass. And Jackass wants you to like fight because she wants combat data, yada, yada, yada. Well, after you do all the combat data stuff, she asks you, hey, I need you to eat a fish. And Tubi's like, Why? She's like, I just want to see what it does to an android. I heard it really fucks up their insides. So know that like this could really do some damage, but I, I need you to eat this. Okay. So you eat the fish. It's like a mackerel or something like that, right? And the screen fades to black. And this text box comes up that just says, uh, as Tubi felt the fish making it her its way down to her stomach, she felt her insides uh, liquids begin to congeal and her systems begin to fail. But as the consciousness faded from her body, she thought to herself, yeah, that was that tasted really good. I can see why people used to eat that. And then she <laughs> dies. And then it gives you that speedy credit roll and then takes you back and it's like load game. So luckily I had just saved it. But yeah, I got that ending as well. I also died randomly once um, towards the end where you had to go across the conveyor belt. And those things slammed yeah, down. Yeah, that's an instant death. That pissed me off so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up uh, leaving a body there for people to yeah. find. And I put uh, Steam Machine D uh, found chaos in the depths of hell or something like that. <laughs> something I don't remember. Yeah, like when you die, that's another fun thing about this game is you can pick up the bodies of pl other players that you've seen and collect all their chips. And like, I got some really good chips from doing that. Um, but like one of the things about that was like, when you die, you can leave a message, but it doesn't let you like completely customize it. You have to like choose from these prompts. And I always tried to, I think I died like three or four times while I played it. And I always tried to make sure I put something really stupid as my death note. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, so you would recover the items from them. I would always uh, revive them and have them fight. I did that once and I didn't care for it much. So I just took all the items from there on out. Well, I will tell you, reviving them does end up biting you in the ass later in the game. Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, they're uh, later in the game. Uh, a virus becomes a big issue. And you're finding bodies of people who were affected by the virus. And if you revive them, uh, they're not nice. allies. Oh. So you just revived an extra enemy, which is equal to your level and armed with android gear. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Lord. And I found that out in the boss fight. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, no. That's really funny. <laughs> Fuck me running. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. How do we how do we go about talking about this final credit scene? So it's like you beat all the you beat all the endings. 
and then you get to the credits and I'll let you kind of run through it since you actually played through it. Well, without giving any kind of spoiling, um, you know, we've talked about the first two playthroughs, which essentially cover the same series of events. The third playthrough picks up after, and it's a actual continuation of the story, which bounces between characters. So you get to see what transpires after all that. And again, not going to spoil it, but at the very end, you have a choice. And it's essentially who you're going into the final boss fight playing as between the characters that are available. And that'll give you a different ending. After you have gotten both of the ending variants, it gives you an extra option when it's rolling the final credit sequence to make the ending better. Yeah. And if you say, yes, I want to do this, it starts up another shoot 'em up segment. And the credits kind of come to life and they start doing this bullet hell free roaming shooter thing. You you are literally fighting a battle against the developers of the game. Kind of like, like the ending of uh, Super Smash yeah. Brothers Melee, where you could do the little Star Fox shooting thing, but these things are shooting back. And when I was doing it, I was doing pretty good. And then when you get to the ending of it, it goes from hard to fucking impossible. And it starts killing you. And the events that transpire from when you start dying and starts asking, do you want to give up? I'm like, hell no. I come this far. I'm going to f- let's do this. And you die again and again and again. And, it keeps and the game just starts you. demoralizing you. This is all pointless. Do you agree? No, it's not pointless. You go again. Games are stupid. Do you agree? No, it's not stupid. Let's keep going. And then, and this is a this is a minor spoiler, and I had it going in, but it still affected me, even knowing this was coming. You start getting letters of encouragement from other players who have done it. I've been where you are. You can do this. Yeah, keep going, and they'll and, be in different languages and shit too. Like, yeah, translated from I saw translated from Egyptian, from Korean, from Chinese, and you start getting pumped. Like, okay, yeah, I can do this, and you keep going and going and going. And then finally, after you've died so many times, it's like, this person's offering to help. Will you accept the help? And I'll be honest, this is the only time in my life that I've played a credit sequence. I could probably hard stop it there. <laughs> but a credit sequence <laughs> that has made me tear up because it is the most emotional thing. And I knew it was coming. I knew what was going to happen on the credit sequence before I played it, and it still hit me in the feels. And when all of this is said and done, do we want to tell so the option at the end? There, <clears throat> Yeah, because I, I feel like that doesn't necessarily spoil too much. So without going into what happens, it gives you an option at the end. Do you also want to help somebody, a, like a future player? If you choose yes they adamantly let you know that this is going to cost you all of your save data. So if you say yes again, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they probably question you a couple of times. Like, are you sure you want to do this? And you say, yes, the game then makes you watch as it goes and deletes all of, not just that playthrough, all of your save data, every item, every document, every costume, every weapon, it, it turns enough. I did it. <laughs> yeah. It deletes everything, <laughs> but 
you are able to give that experience you just went through to somebody else, which is just so fucking cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Like just such a cool fucking concept, dude. And the way that they ended it. And again, like with uh, not going into what happens, it's just, it's the, yeah, it's the most powerful moment I've ever seen in a set of credits in a video game. (laughs) So, um, I guess uh, that leaves ratings and then questions. And then we got a, we got a quiz. We got a a quiz. All right. So, um, let's go with our, let's start with the guest. Dane, what would you rate this on a scale of one to 10? My good sir. Like I said, when it first started out, I didn't have high hopes. And then the further I went into it, just, I fell in love with this game. And every time I went through, it just got better and better. And that emotional gut punch in the end. Uh, I don't believe in perfect scores. But I would say easily uh, nine and a half uh, little brothers uh, going after big Damn. sisters. Machine joke. So, yeah, <laughs> I give it a nine and a half. I didn't expect to like it nowhere near as much. I thought it was just going to be a fun time, but this was a killer game oh yeah what about you nate yeah i mean i think the game's incredible and the way it talks it seems like it could get an even higher score from me if i'd played it through completion and seen all of it myself but as it stands now i think it's fantastic really good game i liked it a lot i'm giving it an eight and a half androids out of humans but like that could be higher if i continue playing and get all those endings and things um so i agree that i like i played you know the one playthrough and then watching the retrospective and kind of seeing what happens with the rest of it and still still wanting to experience it even though i know what was probably going to happen or what actually not there's no probably about it knowing what's going to happen um i still was taken aback by the story of this game and the, the way it punched me in the feels in weird ways and really made me question like the intelligence of machines and things like that and uh i'm gonna give it a nine um and i'm going to say that if i do find the time to go back and play this through the rest of the the endings and everything it would probably end up being a straight 10 for me um just story wise like it got me um so yeah and i i, I want to point something out i do not think in the entirety of what we've been recording so far i don't think one of us said one goddamn negative thing about this game <laughs> that's a good point and and that that may be a first on the show. <laughs> I probably came the closest, and it was my dumbass trying to yeah, start right. a heart. <laughs> yeah, and oh man, so yeah, good game. Definitely, definitely, um, give it a shot if you are out there, and it sounds any sort of interesting to you. So Nate, let's. You want to do the? Yeah, let's do the fan questions. Yeah, let's jump into the questions first for yeah. sure. Okay. All right, time for some questions. Our first one comes in from Woo-hoo. our buddy Team Retro. Check him out on YouTube, by the way. If you had to spend $100 to get two Wii Guitar Hero controllers for Clone Hero, would you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The more I look into it, because I I really want to get a guitar for Clone Hero, and I've been kind of hesitant to spend money on them, but like $100 for two controllers, and I hear the Wii ones are actually really good once you get them kind of modded up the way you need them to be. $100 doesn't sound too bad for two of them. Just make sure they come with the yeah. dongles as well. That's the that's the major thing. Um, I wouldn't because I can borrow my brothers. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and I just happened to still have a PS2 one and just bought an adapter for that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next question also comes in from Team Retro. Would you say that this episode's game was very near to your heart? Now, it is it now. Is now. <laughs> yeah. It is now. It is now. It is firmly planted in my operating system. <laughs> All right. This one is from Jeff. What was the first song in Guitar Hero that you 100 percented? Like hell if my memory goes back that far, Jeff. <laughs> I have no goddamn idea. I know exactly. <laughs> Probably something like that Joan I Jett song in Guitar Hero 1. <laughs> <laughs> my first 100% it was on Guitar Hero 2, Monkey nice. Ranch. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. That is a great song. Um I do not remember what my first 100% is. I think I talked about this when this question got asked on Yaz Pod too, but I will say that I can't remember the first song that I got so good at. It was stupid. And that was Guitar Hero World Tour, and the song was Beat It. And I could play that song without looking at the screen and not miss a note. It was sad how much we used to play that fucking game. Bro, in college, like I would play Guitar Hero like crap. I think it was Guitar Hero 2 at that point. Like Whichever one Bark at the Moon was the big song on. And like I remember just... Bark at the Moon, I think, was the final and was it? first. I remember grinding that game until I could play everything on Expert. <laughs> and everyone was uh, like, how are you this I good? Bar- I'm like, because I play this way too much. <laughs> 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 oh, man. This next question comes from some jackass. Uh, this is from Dan? Dan? Daniel? Dan? Donnie. No, Donnie. Okay. Donne. <laughs> Oh, sounds like right. a douchebag. Right, this one's from Dane. What would your Android name be? All right. After I posed this question, I ended up coming with ideas for both of y'all. I want to see what y'all have first so I can uh, give my shitty ones that I came up with for everybody. Well, <laughs> sounds good. It seems like this game, like the naming convention is number letter, right? It's like 2S, like 2B, 9S. So my thought process behind it was, what's my favorite number? Seven. And then my letter T for turtle. <laughs> so seven T. I would be four twenty W. But also, like, I want to be an android that has wheels, and you can just call me Scooter McGavin. <laughs> All right. So the ideas I had: Nate, your turtle bear man. So three and one. Three and one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's I love it. That's really good. (laughs) All right, Dalton, Guitaro man. So you won. You win. Let's go ahead. (laughs) And mine's probably the flimsiest. Uh, I'm Mister Puzzles. So MP and then three for the length of my penis. (laughs) Very good. I'll let you figure out what uh, you know measure we're going by, but none of them are flattering. Feet. No. <laughs> meters. <laughs> oh. Three meters long. <laughs> ten miles long. All right. This next one comes in from Fenris. And this is if you could have a summonable familiar. Oh, God. Use words, Nathan. If you could have a summonable familiar that spoke to you and only to you, what would it be and why? Now, I think most of you look at me and think, oh, it's clear he's going to pick a turtle. No, because I'm goth as fuck. I want a bat. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. What was you, Dame? Um, do y'all remember a, a webtoon done in Flash called Neurotically Yours? Dude, foamy the squirrel? There you go. That is my spirit animal. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> hammers Holy and floodlights. If you've never seen it, look it up. It is one of the greatest things. I still keep a box of hammers in my passenger seat to um, make people question their life choices out on the road when I'm road raging. <laughs> so definitely follow me the angry little nice. squirrel. Dude, that is such a throwback. Holy shit. <clears throat> I used to love those. Um, so this question got asked on Yazpot as well. And my answer on there is probably the same here is I want a penguin, but I want like a king penguin and I want it to have a New York accent. <laughs> so I want this thing to I want it to be like, man, why is everybody looking at me weird? I don't know. Maybe because you're talking to a fucking penguin that they can't see. You have a, you have a fucking thing about that. Maybe you need fucking help. You know, <laughs> bro, you're supposed to be my friend. I am your friend. That's why I'm telling you. Get fucking help. <laughs> you're talking to an imaginary penguin. Get the fuck out of here. Nice. Hey, I'm waddling here. I'm waddling here. <laughs> Forget about it. That's my pebble, goddamn it. That pebble's a fugazi. <laughs> The Cabagool. Wow. <laughs> Cabagool. All right. So this next one, and buckle in, this is a long one, comes in from Adam. It's more like 20 questions, but so let's kind of rock through these a little bit. So from Adam, right. an RPG you hate. Wow. <laughs> that counts, right? Counts. It's an MMORPG. I'd say that counts. Hmm. You go ahead, Nate. I got to think. Yeah, I try to think about this one. This one's along the same lines as Dane's and probably pissed some people off, but I just could not get into this at all. And I think it's because it's an MMO, but Final Fantasy 14. Would this count? uh, I don't know if it would count as an RPG because it's definitely an MMO, but I I never really got into the Destiny games. And I know they're kind of like the RPG shooter style. I just don't know if that would count. I'll count it. I'll allow it. All right. That'll work for me then. Yeah. Legal enough. An RPG you find overrated. Ooh. <sighs> Final Fantasy people VII. Off. Yeah, I was going to say the same I'm thing. Close. I, I do think that one <laughs> is overrated. <laughs> I liked right. it. I do but... think that's overrated, but I think there is a Final Fantasy more overrated than seven. Final Fantasy six. Oh, six. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one's not going to go do over well, disagree. but there's just better Final Fantasies even. I mean, like. Dude. I felt bad because I was doing a uh, a let's play on the JRPG Report Patreon of playing Final Fantasy VI, and it just got so doom and gloom that I lost like, interest in it. I, there's another podcast I listened to for a while called Press <laughs> Be to Cancel. One of the hosts called it just a never-ending parade of sadness, and nothing has stuck with me quite like that phrasing <laughs> as super accurate I've ever heard. That sums it up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't have to be so serious, All boys. Right. All right. This one's a little bit jollier. An RPG that you think is underappreciated. Divinity 2 original. No, I'm sorry, not the original sin. Uh, Divinity 2 Eco Draconis. Never uh, even so heard of it. I haven't <laughs> played this one in a while, and I also think it's kind of having its resurgence right now because I keep seeing people talking about it. But I remember liking this one a lot when I was younger. Um, Legend of Dragoon. Oh, yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Because that one has a really tight mm-hmm. story. Like, they couldn't have seen like, The only problem with that game was load times, in my opinion, <laughs> in translation. But yeah. what do you expect? 
And it did copy a lot of story beats almost blow for blow as far as like character deaths and things against Final Fantasy yeah, VII. That's true. But, you know. I, but, I mean, Dragon Power Rangers. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. I also want to give a quick shout to uh, Dragon's Dogma. Uh, that's another one I feel is underappreciated just because it got overshadowed by other games that yeah. released when it came out. So what is an RPG you love? Oh, you'd never see my answer coming. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That's that's a Persona <clears throat> 5 <throat> royal joke, everybody, in case you missed it. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think my answer comes as a shock to anyone. Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Probably for me, nice. Chrono Trigger. One. That is the... Great. Of every RPG I've ever played, that is the only one that I've played through numerous times. At one point, I went to it almost yearly. And I just recently beat that for the first time ever, and like it holds up really well. I think it might even be my favorite 16-bit JRPG now, and I just played it for the first time. So, that says a lot about it. Yeah, hey, It's a solid game. It really is great. Did you... Alright. All right. Sorry, I kind of lost the plot for a second. The next one, no, you're good. an RPG... I can play over and over again. Final Fantasy. Well, I guess 8. I kind of spoiled my answer. <laughs> um, mine is actually Dragon Quest One because it's a game that like I've been playing since I was a little kid. I know it super well. I can just play it, know how much I have to grind, know exactly where I have to go next. I just really enjoy that experience, like just knowing it and just being able to go and do it. And it's short compared to modern RPGs. <laughs> it's way short compared to modern RPGs. And I, I think I'm. And I guess I'm going to have to double dip on Chrono Trigger. Good. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't blame you there though. Because should have read ahead. <clears throat> I will say, uh, I think I, for the same reasons Nate mentioned, where you played it as a kid, and it just always feels good to go back to. Is the same reason with Final Fantasy yeah. VIII is that that was my first like dive into JRPGs. So it is just a nice warm blanket to throw on every now and then. Yeah. So what is the RPG that made you love RPGs? I should have read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, for me, it's a combination between Final Fantasy One and Dragon Quest One. Like both of those were like my NES heyday playing games. Like, because I know I'm a little bit young to, for the NES to be the main system I had growing up, but it really was to me. Um, and those two games, I played them over and over again. Mine was really a baby's first RPG type answer. I, it wasn't the first one I'd played, but RPGs, this, maybe it was my age, and it never really made a whole lot of sense to me. But when yeah. Pokemon came out, that was when this menu battle system finally clicked for me, and I was like, oh man, this is some fun shit. Let's find some like grown-up yeah. ones. And that's what led me down my RPG rabbit yeah. hole. Pokemon was so, it's so yeah. good for like introducing people to like RPG styles, like absolutely i love pokemon i still like because like i love the simplicity of it and i think that's part of the reason i like dragon quest 11 so much as well because it kind of goes back to that era where it wasn't as like stupid complicated as some of the later rpgs tried to make it um but yeah i like the simplicity in my jrpgs for sure all right our next one is what's your favorite action rpg oblivion dalton yeah probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah probably took the words right out of my mouth I, I was thinking about it. i was like i don't think anything's gonna beat oblivion for you not that i can not that i can think of off the top of my head no i'm gonna make the argument that dark souls should count and that's the one i'm gonna go with 
I really need oh for an act for an action yeah I really absolutely. need to play Dark Souls because it just seems like so up my alley like it the first one really is the best in the series in my opinion um, the interconnected levels and all that but yet it's more of a western style as far as its RPG elements but yeah I think it counts so as far as action RPGs, this is like a genre that I never didn't really super get into as much. So I'm trying to think of some older ones that I played, and I'm struggling to come up with any from that era. But I don't know. That's a really hard one for me, action RPGs, because I'm more into the turn-based style of RPGs. I'm just going to um, cop out and say Skyrim for now. <laughs> Sky. Okay, well, then I want to change my answer, because I thought of one that might actually trump Oblivion as far as action gameplay okay. because again you know Bethesda's action like the fighting in the Bethesda games isn't exactly satisfying right, I agree completely um, but the explorations where they get you so for favorite action RPG I'm gonna go Kingdom Hearts Fair. like Kingdom Hearts is this legit. weird action comp but you're still using a menu system it's it's kind of strange but once you get used to it it flows really I easily. have a, a feeling yeah. to me that the Fallout series will become that when I play one that works well on a modern system that isn't old as shit too. <laughs> so I think yeah. Fallout's going to turn into that for me when we eventually get to like uh, four or what's the really good one that everybody yeah. loves? Uh, New, Vegas. New Vegas. Yeah, I think when New Vegas. I think New Vegas, New Vegas might become that for me. Yeah, because New Vegas, dude, you, we load that up and there's going to be a mod or two that we want, but it's not going to take nearly what it did to get fucking fallout three running. Jesus. (laughs) All right. So what's your favorite tactical RPG? I know Nate's and that's not. Exactly. (laughs) My man. (laughs) I don't Uh, like him either. So I guess my default would have to be the only one I've actually played, which was final fantasy tactics. Yeah, that's fair. I got, that's the one I played the most of for sure. And I don't like it either. Yeah, me either. And so it's favorite just by default of it's the only one I've played. So I really, I really enjoy uh, the Agrist War series. Um, I really enjoy Disgaea, but the best tactical RPG I've ever played was Fire Emblem Three Houses. That game was so fucking good, and I really want Fire Emblem Engage eventually, and to check that out as well. But dude, Three Houses it's the only game that I've ever like seriously regretted trading it in because I've wanted to play through it again and I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go fire. Nice. Emblem. All right. And then what's your favorite turn-based RPG Dalton wants to die? Cause that's so hard of a question. It's just persona five Royal for you again, bud. I guess <laughs> his head's back hung back so far. <laughs> like you, <laughs> I guess it's Persona 5. Yeah, yeah. stays Dragon it's, Quest 11. So uh, just to give a different answer from what I said earlier, uh, Final Fantasy X. That's a good one. Oh, great fucking game. Great fucking game. Yeah, yeah. And just because you can swap characters out on the fly and see how it's going to affect turn order, just on the turn-based part of the question. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Persona. Yeah. That's fine. And what is your favorite company that produces RPGs? There's a company know, right? Square. Doesn't it suck how much Square owns. Like I know there's like Falcom and Atlas, Atlas. yeah. But for round, like because ask me this in the 80s and early 90s, I'd say Enix. <laughs> but I guess I have to say Square Enix now. <laughs> yeah, man, Enix was pumping out shit like Star Ocean back then. Like, oh god, it's like talk about pushing the limits of the fucking Super Nintendo. Yeah. 
Star Star Ocean. I think it was Star Ocean and Tales of Fantasia were two of the biggest Super Nintendo carts, and they were like six, seven megabytes, something around there. Fucking massive <laughs> back then. But <laughs> that's so funny now. That right now you take a picture bigger than that, but um quickly uh shout out to another action rpg series that i forgot to bring up ease the ease games tremendous they're all so good um favorite company that produces rpgs oh man i hate to just say square because they've got more that i've played but i'm gonna i I think i'm gonna try i'm gonna say atlas because they they do a good job at the style of game that they do i don't know how to say it other than that whereas square can be hit and miss and atlas usually knows what the fuck they're doing yeah, we can say that on a game that was produced by Square. So, <laughs> yeah, with help from yeah. Platinum. But. Yeah, big Platinum energy in this game for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, what is an RPG that surprised you? Okay, I'll be honest. When I first played through Dragon Quest Eleven, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I understand that. Me either. <laughs> it, like... It was just like, I was like, okay, this is a cutesy little RPG. And as it kept going on, I was just like, oh, God damn, this game's good. And then it got real good. And I was like, oh, okay. Just wasn't expecting. It was the first Dragon Quest game I had ever played. Like, I had eight on the 3DS that I had kind of dabbled with, but it's such a small yeah, screen. Makes it hard to play, for sure. That's kind of a pain, yeah. So I've thought about emulating the PS2 version, or maybe that one day they'll just they, remake it. Why don't they? Like, how many Final Fantasy games do we just have? Not even remakes, just like remasters of, like on Steam now. Why can't we just get Dragon Quest? Why can't we get the Dragon Quest Pixel remasters from one through six? Why can't we get seven and eight remastered? Like, yeah. why can't we just have these yeah, things? Hell, remaster nine, fuck. Yeah. Because they are specifically trying to stop. I know, right? You. Assholes. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's even an offline version of Dragon Quest X yeah. in Japan, and we don't have that shit. And that's an MMO, but they're like, oh, no, you can play it yeah. offline if you'd like to, but not in America. I Fuck know. You. Like, Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did I give my answer yet? No. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Because, like, I, I thought it'd be good, but I didn't think it'd be that good. Oh, yeah. What about you, Dane? I'll say near. Because even I didn't think that this would have any surprises in for me at all, even having spoilers coming into it. And then ended up liking it as much as I did. That This game really caught me off guard and hit me in the feels in ways I wasn't expecting. So uh, I'm saying this one. All right. Then what is your guilty pleasure RPG? Melty's Quest. Yours hyperdimension Neptunia Dalton. Mine is hyperdimension <laughs> Neptunia, uh, specifically the the one that's the crossover with Sinren Kagura. So there's plenty of jingles. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of like a guilty pleasure RPG that I have, and I just don't know that I have one. Like, I'm trying to think of any that I'd feel guilty about playing, and I don't think there is one. So. I don't play the pervert game, so I don't have that going against me. The closest thing I have to a pervert game is the karaoke and like a dragon Ishin, apparently. Well, there you go. His guilty pleasure, his guilty pleasure is playing side quests. <laughs> what is an RPG I should have played but haven't yet? Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> Anything in the Persona series? Like, up until recently, those I have two answers for that, and that would be um, Chrono Trigger and Persona 5. But I've played Chrono Trigger recently, and I've started playing Persona 5. 
Uh, so I'm trying to come up with a good answer for one that I should have played haven't yet. Oh, I know. Um, Trails in the Sky, um, second chapter. Second chapter, yeah. <clears throat> we'll get to that eventually. That's this, this year. year. We, there's no putting it off till 2024. That's yeah. this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm down. Um, all right. And then we're on the last question from this block. And that is an RPG you will never play. And that's a hard what was that online yeah, Dragon right. Quest one? <laughs> yeah, Dragon Quest Ten. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will never play Dragon Quest Ten. <laughs> I will never play because I think this counts as like a tactical MMO RPG, StarCraft. Okay, yeah. Um, I will never play Eve Online because that's like RPG with ships and it's super in depth and it's just too much for me. Yeah. Cool. We got through that block. And I think uh, our buddy Master Loot decided to build on that a little bit. Considering the recent controversy around the term JRPG, what would you replace it with? Um, I think you said you covered this a little bit on JRPG Report yourself, Dalton. My answer is I wouldn't replace it because I don't... Because there's so many people from, like, Japan even defending the term JRPG as it exists now. Like, I think it was used as a scummy term back in the day, but then people realized... Oh wow, JRPGs fucking rule. <laughs> and so now we're it has like the positive connotation around it. And I don't know unless there's something I missed that makes it supremely offensive, I think it's fine. No, the the whole thing was um they were talking to oh man, who was it? Was it Yoshi P? I don't know. They were talking to one of the devs from the Final Fantasy games, and he was saying that when that first when that term was first coined, they took it as kind of like a derogatory thing like well why are you calling them japanese rpgs like we're just trying to make rpgs like why specifically tag them as they're japanese but over the years it's kind of become and i believe the correct term for it is term of endearment where it's like it was like they took it as negative as first but now they kind of embrace it as like it's become a a more um looked well upon term than it was back in the 80s when it was first coined um so that's kind of the gist of it he's basically saying that like he doesn't mind it now but if you bring it up to a lot of the old heads who were developers back then, they might have a little bit of a sore spot with that term. But most of them these days kind of accept that it's moved on from what it originally was yeah. termed to be. Fair. So I, I wouldn't replace it either. You know, JRPG. Yeah, I don't say you need to. There's a reason I go on Steam and search for JRPGs. is because I like that fucking yeah. style of game. And you so, run a compact <laughs> cast JRPG that, report. I'm sure you don't want to change the name now. <laughs> yeah, no. No, please, God, do not make Land me of the Rising Sun RPG. <laughs> 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 yeah, that rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, right, right off. Right. Next one comes in from Master Loot as well. Is what characteristics? Characteristics of what? I'm starting to lose enunciation here. What characteristics define <laughs> a Dragon Quest game? Haven't played any. So I think one of the main things that really defines it is the art style, which is Akira Toriyama. Like, yeah. And I also think another thing it really defines the series is they have always stuck to the classic JRPG formula without kind of moving away from it too much. Like they have added some things like skill trees and things like that, but at their very core and heart, they're a pure JRPG. Yeah, it was it was very much like Final Fantasy started experimenting like with Final Fantasy twelve being that that 
combat system and then you know 15 being an action game and now they're moving towards a more action focused combat dragon quest has always been the same you load it you go into dragon quest you play dragon quest 1 and you play dragon quest 11 there's going to be differences but at the core they are the same fucking game and i i, I so respect that and that's why i'm so worried about dragon I'm quest so 12 about 12 like please don't kill my I'm favorite like, please, please don't, don't kill my up. favorite jrpg yeah. series please <laughs> I got a Dragon Quest Twelve NFTs available uh, now. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our final question comes in from Team Retrogue, and this kind of works out that Willie's not here because all three of you, hey, there's three of us, are at a convention yeah. together. You walk by a rock band set up on stage. There's nobody in line. As you three walk to the stage, a crowd gathers. You notice they start chanting, Steam Machine, Steam Machine, Steam Machine. What instruments do you pick up? Who does vocals and lead guitar at the same time? Dalton. And what song do you, <laughs> the three of you decide on? <laughs> so... Personally, I'm hoping Dane is a drum boy, because that way I can play the bass while Dalton shreds and sings. Ah, <laughs> uh, so <No>. drums. <laughs> I, do I need to Phil Collins this and play drums and sing? Can you do that? Can you play drums, Dalton? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all right at it. I'm not like a death metal drummer, but I can yeah. keep beat. I've never learned any percussion. Like, I've played you know brass instruments and string instruments and that's about it when playing rock band the only way i can do drums was bongo and that shit i couldn't do it with the damn sticks <laughs> so you're just like going full donkey kong style on the drums <laughs> yeah. playing donkey Konga. <laughs> um i don't know why but what first popped into my head was us walking up there and it's all quiet and everything and we just roll into carry on my way let's <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> just bust into that and then maybe end with Green Grass and High Tides from the first rock band. Just really go out Dude, with a bang. Those are some bangers for sure. <laughs> I'm down with that set list. <laughs> Dane, do you want to play guitar or bass? Do you want to play guitar or now? bass? Well, in real life, I can actually play bass half ass. So I and guess I can play bass. guitar half ass. So we're, we're, and Dalton can play drums half ass. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're we're a whole <laughs> ass and a half together. <laughs> but I have to play the bass, uh, Death Clock style of William Murderface, 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 with my Sounds penis. Good. I'm not going to complain. Could you do me a favor? Could you just have a great day? <laughs> that would be swell. God, I love Murderface. <laughs> so I hope those are satisfactory answers to all of our. Wonderful listeners' questions. <laughs> yes. Now, boys, I have created another bad translation quiz for you. Now, I will say that this was originally intended for three contestants, but we'll make it work with two. So, the, your first badly translated game description. Now, I would like to say that you are welcome to pull up the list of the episodes if you need to reference names. To help you jog what we've played, because I also went back to games that me and Ryan oh, played Lord. this time. You went way back. <clears throat> yes. So the first one, Redacted, is a parkour video game developed by Redacted. The game focuses on Redacted going through dungeons and corridors and rooms recreated by Neo God. 
your character can attack enemies from all sides using special weapons and abilities. There you go. Parkour. Can attack oh, from all sides fuck. using weapons and abilities. Now remember, this is badly right, translated. Right. I have a thought on this one. It's the parkour weapons attack on multiple sides. I'm thinking Neon Abyss. Okay. Dane, do you have a guess? Oh, fuck. I got no idea where to even go with that. Uh, uh, fuck it. Hollow Knight. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. All right. The actual game description. Neon Abyss is a run-and-gun mm. video game. <laughs> How it got running gun into parkour, I laughed so hard when I saw a running gun video game with roguelike elements developed by Vivo Games. The game's premise is centered around members of the Grim Squad as they descend into the abyss, which consists of a series of levels which procedurally generated rooms in pursuit of powerful entities known as the New Gods. Uh, the characters can use a variety of firearms and special abilities to fight enemies across each level. I am supremely impressed with myself that I got that. <laughs> I am I am proud of you, sir. Right out of the gate. <clears throat> All right, so this next one, this this one has a few redacteds in it. I apologize for it, but there were a lot of proper nouns that I had to get rid of. Redacted, brackets, lowercase b, is a redacted video game developed by Space for Home, the number one son of the redacted. It is Sonar Computer's first PAL series release in Japan and beyond. What the This is the story of Redacted, who joins forces with terrorists to open a business. The story sends Redacted and his team on a mission to find Redacted, a former member of the Order who wanted to destroy the world. The Redacted is associated with this process, and one of them, Landa, has the secret of entering this world. Now, I don't blame you guys if you don't get this one, because like I said, I had to redact a lot in this one. Yeah, that one's pretty wild. No. Did you say one of them Lambda? Is Landa, L-A-N-D-A, Landa. That doesn't mean it wasn't Lambda. I was going to say, if it was Lambda, I was going to guess, I was going to guess Half-Life maybe, but. I I, I will give a hint. Uh, The word terrorist could give you a, 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 an inkling. And we have, we have mentioned this game tonight. Uh, terrorists, the only thing it makes me think of is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, but that does not seem to line up with the rest of what we've heard. Well, terrorists, when I think that, my, I go straight to Final Fantasy VII because that's what yeah. Avalanche essentially was. All right. Yeah. I think Dane might have it. Give it to me. Final Fantasy VII is a 1997 role playing game developed by Square for the PlayStation console. It is the seventh main installment in the Final Fantasy series, published in Japan by Square. It was released in other regions by Sony Computer Entertainment and is the first main series with a PAL release. It fucked that sentence <laughs> up hard. It's the first PAL release outside of Japan and beyond. Of course it was. It was a PAL <laughs> But yeah, story follows Cloud, a mercenary who joins an eco-terrorist organization to stop a world-controlling megacorporation from using the planet's life essence as an energy source. Yada, yada, yada. So yes, you each have one Well done, point. Dane. <clears throat> All right. Don't worry. Probably be my only point of the game. Redacted, brackets, capital A, is a racing and shooting game developed and published by Redacted. The game follows Redacted, who is sent as a part of a deal with the police to pay off his creditors after losing a casino. 
In this game, two players control Redacted and or his brother Redacted and face different factions in epic battles. There is no story in this game. As the game progresses, the character becomes stronger and can scare monsters. However, the player can use this power at the right time. That's it. <laughs> like my brain went from one thing to completely thinking it can't be that thing. <laughs> oh, that's why I love these two. Screw it. I'm going with my gut here. It says two players can control him or his brother. I don't think it quite means that. What I think it means is the player can control one of two characters and switches between them. I'm thinking this is talking about Kiryu and Majima. I'm thinking this is Yakuza 0. Okay. Okay. Dane? I have absolutely no clue where to go with it. Oh, I'm just going to throw out a random one. I know you did. Uh, uh, fucking uh, Borderlands. Okay, so we got... I have no idea. We got Yakuza just blind Zero, guessing. and we got Borderlands. <clears throat> Cuphead <laughs> is a run-and-gun video game developed and published by Studio MDHR. The game follows the titular <laughs> tit Cuphead, who, in a deal with the devil, after losing a game at the devil's casino, is sent on a quest to repossess the souls of runaway debtors as payment, and you can pay as Cuphead and or his brother, Mugman. I thought for sure when you brought up the playing as him or his brother, I was like, oh, Nate's got this. I thing. thought it was wrong. I thought that it got weird in the translation. <laughs> oh. I forgot you could play as Mugman in there. All right. So, no, no points on that one. We, got an, we still got an even, even playing field. The Redacted is a video game developed by Redacted and published by Redacted. The game takes place 200 months after the forgotten events of Redacted and Redacted. The main story unfolds as blank and... <laughs> Prepares to slay monsters to save the world from the redacted plague. In the game, the player's upgra- uh, the player upgrades his character by completing tasks and improving abilities. Game settings allow you to skip parts of the game. Important information can be removed or hidden. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. 200 months should be 200 years. And... Do not let the word plague okay, throw you off. It threw me so damn hard. <clears throat> yeah, don't let the word that plague throw you off. That makes me think of, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will give you this. It is not okay. a plague tale. I, w- I will give you that much. It's not a plague yeah. tale. I was going to say, like, plague made me think plague tale, but that sounds absolutely, that would be so messed up. <sighs> 200 years. I know. 200 years. I believe it's 200 years after the events of one game, and then is is like a thousand years after another. I'm going to say Trails in the Sky. Okay. So we got. But no, because that takes Nate. place all in very. The, the games take place so soon after each other. Like, no, I don't think that can be right. Uh, Dalton, this is rough. I'll give you. I'll give you another hint. I'll give you another hint. This was a me and Ryan game. Okay, hold on. I think I have an idea. Let me. The, the Outer Worlds. Okay. So that's is, my that, final is that your answer. final answer? Okay. What's you, Dane? I've not listened to that many you and Ryan episodes. You're not the only one. Uh, did y'all do Fallout 4? I'm, I'm just going to guess Fallout 4 because I know that's got a time jump in there. Okay. Yes, we did do Fallout 4, actually. Um, so the final answer for this one is <clears throat> The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is an action role-playing game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. The game is set 200 years after the events of Oblivion. Damn it. And I believe... 
and takes place in Skyrim. Focuses on the main playing character, the Dragonborn, on their quest to defeat Eldwin the World Eater, a dragon who is prophesized to destroy the world. Now, I want you to know that the thing I redacted was... Uh, it says the story unfolds as the dragonborn prepares to slay monsters and save the world from the dragon plague. And I knew if I left dragon plague in, that would be a dead giveaway. And I also knew if I left the word plague in, that would absolutely throw you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, all right, let's do it. All right. Next one. This, this is one that just went all over the place. Redacted is Adam's first film. (laughs) Is it Australian? After, (laughs) After starting the game, the player can create a character and control the game environment. Although the player cannot directly control the ship, it is a shortcut to different areas of the game and the player can earn rewards. Bracket 2. Unbracket. Players can make friends and recruit non-playable characters parenthesis NPCs to play a role in the story. For the first time as combat assistant. Period. That's just the sentence. Everyone strives to develop their skills and talents. Players can bring up two friends on board while others can stay on board. During these sessions, the players can make different decisions according to the game conditions, and they can interact with NPCs in a variety of ways, including acting, stealing, and being silly. <laughs> I'm going to blind guess and just go Outer Worlds. Okay. Okay, give me just a second here. Because, give me just a second to pick the one I'm going to go with here. <laughs> no rush at all. The ship part is throwing me a little bit. Oh, man. Because, like, part of me wants to think it's this one, but the ship, just a messed up word on here. Oh, that's so mean. (laughs) Cyber Dimension Neptunia, four goddesses online. All right. So, we got Outer Worlds from Dane. We got Cyber Dimension Neptunia from Nate. The actual answer is The Outer Worlds is an action role-playing video game featuring a first-person's perspective, and in the early stages of the game, the player can create their character and unlock a ship, which acts as the game's central hub space. Yada, yada, yada. Point goes to bringing up the Outer Worlds earlier. Straight into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. When you said that for the last one, and I looked at the next one, I was like, oh, man. And I bet he's not going to guess that twice. You're correct, good sir. (laughs) I might have, but Dane beat me to it. (laughs) Gotcha. All right, I think this next one will be a little easier. The Psycho Walker Ranger escapes Psycho the tournament Walker and follows Ranger. a wizard. Psycho Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> Sorry, but that is got me off guard. The Psycho Walker Ranger escapes the tournament and follows a wizard, parenthesis, in secret, to a summer camp where he tries to enlighten Hogwarts by outsmarting others with similar abilities. He knows Redacted has evil plans and only he can stop him. The... Don't no, let I know it can't, but the that's just that so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> the aim of the game is to discover the identity and culture of different people and discover the secrets of medicine. Get help and improve your game. In the game, Redacted uses special abilities to fight enemies and solve puzzles. Am willing to give a hint if you need one. Just why did it say Hogwarts? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, maybe because it mentioned a wizard and it just like put two and two together. I don't know because I promise you in the actual thing there is no mention of anything that would be close that's to Hogwarts. So funny. That's why I was like, yeah, don't let don't let Hogwarts throw you because that's just I don't know why that's there. I mean, the answer is obvious. It? Why don't you say it then? Quake. Quake. 
<laughs> I mean, oh, how am I? How am I going to totally quake? I'm actually going with Kingdoms of Amalur on this one. Okay. So, okay, so we got Quake and we got Kingdoms of Amalur. All right. The answer is Psychonauts. Uh, recount. Follows the re- player character Rasputin, or Raz, a young gifted boy with psychic abilities who runs away from the circus to try to sneak into a summer camp for those with similar powers to become a Psychonaut. That's what Hogwarts is. Where it got <laughs> where it got Hogwarts and Psycho Walker Psycho Ranger. Walker Ranger is so good. <laughs> Like that's a band name of whoever heard one is Psycho Walker. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so no points on that one. We still got Dana head by one. Your next question: Players take control of Redacted as he searches for the treasure of his missing Redacted. Now, Redacted, while not a bad fighter, has arrows, pistols, shotguns, and chains to kill the neighbors, Burner, and others. Quote: For example. Unquote, period. That's the whole sentence. <laughs> Just for example. <laughs> it also heals ailments to stop damage-reducing attacks. Let me repeat that one one more time. It also heals ailments to stop damage-reducing attacks. Basic abilities appear after certain game matches and can temporarily be disabled during combat. However, this combination can be avoided by killing or being killed. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. And I will give you... I do have a hint for this one okay. as well. I think I need it. <laughs> you need it? This is a horror game. Control. You said control? All right. The funny thing is, is, I was actually thinking it was a horror game, and the one that popped to my brain first was Outlast 2. Was yeah. Outlast 2? All right. And yeah, that's your final yeah. answer? Okay, so we, so we got Outlast 2. We got control. So the player takes control of Ethan Winters... From a first-person perspective, as he searches a derelict estate for his missing wife, and although Ethan is a civilian with a few combat skills, he is able to arm himself so with mad. a variety of weapons, including it's handguns, so shotguns, flamethrowers, explosives, and chainsaws. This game being known as Resident Evil 7. I'm so mad. I was between those two. <laughs> oh, but, like, think how similar. Searching one dude searching for his wife... <laughs> Like, yeah, although I, w- I will point out that it said, while not a bad fighter, he has arrows, yeah, pistols, and shotguns, true. which would have been a giveaway that that's it wasn't outlast. Damn it. All right. Here's the one. I was just hoping for, like, massive fuckery in the translating. This is this is the one that I, I literally laughed for five <laughs> minutes when I saw this translation and did my redactions. But it's also, I don't think very that I don't think it's that, that hard. So we'll see. Controlling various redacted players will be involved with dogs in redacted scenes. The air battle of redacted introduced new equipment and aircraft, and it has f- more than 40 large redacted, such as British Light P, Messy 109s, and Japanese. I do have a hint. Um, if, if you need it. Okay, so if you guys need the hint, um, focus on the word dogs and air battle. Dogs and air battle. <sighs> this is so much harder than I feel like it should be. Like it, it, oh. it really is. Like I am shocked that neither of you have guessed it yet. Dogfight, nineteen forty-two. <laughs> is, that, is that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> Nate, would you like uh, to give guess? me just a second? Oh yeah, no rush, no rush. 
the look on Nate's face right now as he struggles. (laughs) (laughs) It's killing me inside a little bit. Like, Far Cry 4, let's go. All right, so we got Dane said Dogfight 1942, and Nate said Far Cry 4. Oh, Far Cry 4. Far Which Cry just means 4. I'm wrong since he had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, piloting a wide range of aircraft, players engage in aerial dogfights and dangerous fighter missions across the major theaters of war during World War II. Featuring realistic aircrafts, Dogfight 1942 introduces cutting-edge flight dynamics with unprecedented arcade accessibility. Fly over 40 historically accurate planes, ranging from the fabled P-38 Lightning and Britain's Spitfire to the feared Messerschmitt and Japanese Kate. Fun fact, the 10,000-year prior prequel to Near Automata. <laughs> Man, okay, there it is. I was like trying to find this episode on the Long list. Like, December 21st, 2020. God bless. Yeah, dude, way back. All right. <clears throat> So we got okay. So Dane's two points ahead now. Hold on, do some math real quick. One. I thought I was gonna suck at this. I mean, you do. But so I just suck worse. (laughs) (laughs) Nate, you can still win if you get the next three questions right. and Dane doesn't. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, because I've proven myself that I can do that. (laughs) Well, like I told Dane before we went on air, I said I treat this like whose line is anyway. I just get points. Who cares? What do I win? The uh, So the player controls Redacted. It is similar to the original Redacted style used in Redacted, but different. Players can use different colors to change Redacted's appearance. Unlike previous Redacted games, enemies are invisible. <laughs> Redacted is an RPG that focuses on looting and fighting enemies. Redacted's primary weapon is the Master Blade, but he can use multiple blades or blades... It's all of that. Multiple blades or blades and to stabilize others. Redacted has two weapons, four kinds of pomegranate, colon, mailbox, colon. You can control other weapons like fuel tanks and 3D characters. However, some weapons can be obtained by defeating bosses in the game. Uh-huh. The enemies are invisible. So, That's my hint for cool. you for this one. <laughs> my, 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 my hint was ignore the enemies are invisible. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then also... Uh, this is part of a series. Oh, man. Can, I hate to do this. Can you read that one again? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. The player controls Redacted. It's similar to the original Redacted's style used in Redacted, but different. The players can use different colors to change Redacted's appearance, but unlike previous games, enemies are invisible. Redacted is an RPG that focuses on looting and fighting enemies. Redacted's primary weapon is the Master Blade, but he can use multiple blades or blades and destabilize others. Redacted has two weapons, four kinds of pomegranate, mailbox. You can control other weapons like fuel tanks and 3D characters. However, some weapons can be obtained by defeating bosses in the game. I'm going to say Metal Gear Rising. Stealth camo, blades... Series. Blade is the part that's really throwing me off because what I want to say is fall, Fallout 4. So I'm just going to say Fallout 4 and be wrong and we'll get on with our lives. <laughs> okay. 
So my dumbass does not have the original paragraph for this one for some reason. But I can tell you the answer. And Dane is correct. It is Metal Gear Rising. It's not Revenge. an RPG. <laughs> I know. It is also not. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what, I was like, it doesn't make any sense. It's not an RPG at all. You don't. I don't remember it being called anything like the Mask. I don't remember there being any pomegranates. <laughs> four four kinds of pomegranates. It's and a mailbox. mailbox. Yeah, it's a half. It's a half frequency blade. I don't know how that went to master, but <laughs> okay. So there are two more questions left, and then my next host pick. So the concepts of redacted are largely nonlinear because events only happen when certain conditions are met. Parenthesis: winning air battles, finding more monsters, etc. Building the world. Redacted becomes a teacher and acts as the teacher's new partner in the war against demons. The game ends when the monster defeats the Redacted. Little can participate in the Cup Special Tournaments of Champions. If the gold is wrong when there is no gold on the screen, the teacher loses the game. Monster Rancher 2. Okay. Monster Rancher 2. Well, I've got the game on lock, so I can just whiff them all. Uh, just pick something random from the list. Uh, Portal 2. Portal 2. All right. <laughs> the story of Monster Rancher 2 is largely nonlinear with the story events happening only after certain requirements <gasps> are met. Got one. And yeah, you got one. So that puts Dane up by. Are you up by one now? Or no, you're up by two still. Yeah. Up by two. <clears throat> All right. So the, the, the final one before my, my host pick Redacted Code <clears throat> is a first person or third person game. Brackets one in bracket, bracket two in bracket, bracket three in bracket. The player assumes the role of a person exploring various locations to complete more than 120 challenges. In this game, players have to navigate around collecting, quote, pieces and overcoming obstacles. They have computer planes that will explode and kill the player if they get too close. There are also uh, there's also a wall bridge that players can grab onto if it's too close. If the player dies this way, they return to the start of the normal puzzle. Mobile combat is achieved by destroying distant drones, towers, walls that block the player's path. As the player collects more pieces and solves more puzzles, new puzzles appear in the game. The adjustable glass body allows players to control the light switch. Crates can block players and other objects such as large bolts or drones from the players are carrying. A tool for entering text and interacting with it over time. On the other hand, reproduction must stop before transmission can begin. Interesting. And I was impressed with that one because there's only one redacted in that whole fucking thing. <laughs> Interesting. I heard puzzle a lot, so I'm mostly telling. Yeah, I heard puzzle a lot too, and I think it's something about blocks or cubes. So I'm going with portal. Both strong answers. <clears throat> so we got Nate saying portal. We got Dane saying the Talos principle. The actual answer is <clears throat> the Talos principle is a narrative-based puzzle game. Played from the first or third person perspective, the player takes control of a robot with seemingly human consciousness. As they explore a number of environments that include over 120 puzzles, these environments interlock greenery, desert, and stone ruins with futuristic technology. And then there's a whole other long paragraph that I won't get Dane into. killed it. But, oh, he did. Congratulations. You are the winner, my good sir. And your prize is... You get to host again sometime soon. You got Yay! <laughs> yeah! Um... I wanted to include the Talos principle on there (laughs) because of the parallels between the story of the Talos principle and the story of Nier. There's some parallels between the two. So, my next host pick. Redacted 
also known as Project Skyscraper, is a survival game developed by the Halo Chief. August Xbox One, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Series S Nintendo Nintendo. <laughs> Series S Nintendo Nintendo. I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> the game collection for Mac OS, Mac OS, and iPad includes five categories. Exploration, survival, war, business, and peace. The game is designed to allow players to play in an open world with over 18 redacted plants and animals that live on Earth today. Players are attacked by many redacted in the world, and foreign partners use the funds to buy and sell crops and livestock. It is a basic search that allows you to look at the stars. In the game, you try to discover the secret of redacted. That took me for a ride. It's a hell of a description. Over 18 plants and animals. I know, wow, what a ride. <clears throat> Man, my computer, one of my fans on my computer keeps making this really alarming grinding sound. That is not what you want to hear. Literally. <laughs> you got a bearing going out. Okay. No Man's Sky. All right. And Dane, do you have a guess as to what my next host pick is going to be? I'm just hung up on plants and animals. I'm going to say Stardew Valley. Probably wrong. Okay. <clears throat> no Man's Sky is Previously codenamed Project Skyscraper is an action-adventure survival game developed and published by Hello Games. It released worldwide for the PlayStation 4, Microsoft Windows in, in August 2016. Yada, yada, yada. The game is built around five pillars, exploration, survival, combat, trading, and base building. Now, let's get to the one part. Players are free to perform within the entirety of a procedurally generated, deterministic open-world universe, which includes over 18 quintillion planets. <laughs> Through the game's procedurally generation, procedural generation system, planets have their own ecosystems with unique forms of flora and fauna and various alien species that may engage the player in combat or trade. So that's what it took all of that and was like, yeah, you can find 18 plants and animals. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then you're trying to find out the mystery around the entity known as the Atlas. There's a story. Yeah, in I've been wanting to do No Man's Sky for a long time. There is a deep story in No Man's Sky, actually. Wait, I cannot wait for you to start to get into that game and read some of the way that it's written, like when you're getting quests and things like that, because you're either going to be like, man, this game's way deeper than I thought, or you're going to be like, this game sniffs its own farts. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like one of the the two. (laughs) But uh, I really enjoy it. I look forward to it. And um, it's also like one of those games that we don't have to worry about beating it, because None of us in the time it's going to end the next two weeks are going to make it to the center of the galaxy, which is what you're supposed to the center of the universe, which is your goal in that game. It is like hundreds of thousands of light years away. And even with a fully upgraded um, uh, freight, like a freighter, space freighter, big fucking thing, uh, even with your warp max upgraded, you can warp 200 light years, 300 light years away, if that. So like getting to the center, that does not, it's not quick at all. But yeah, I, I really look forward to it. And I, uh, I did message Willie earlier today and said, hey, man, I know you're not going to be there. So uh, the answer to the question for my game is No Man's Sky, if you just want to go ahead and install it. And he was like, nice. oh, word. Sweet, Hell yeah. Sweet. sweet. <laughs> he didn't tell me that at all. Oh, so don't yeah. think that I cheated to get that answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't think you did. I honestly, in my head, I figured that you were like putting like the fact that I bought it for you and Willie recently. Yeah. Or no, I bought it for Willie recently. 
and then you had had it and i had been mentioning to you that i think that you checking it out in vr yeah. would be really cool and i'd like to hear your that experience is kind of how, that. Cause so we talked like, about you know it a bit previously so dane was kind of screwed on that one because he's not in our host chat <laughs> yeah but he yes. won the game <laughs> so and speaking of the game everyone listening loses <laughs> yeah because yeah that old high school shtick um but yeah, I guess then that just leaves, uh, where is my handy dandy show notes? Hold on one second. Get those pulled up right here. Is there anything else that I forgot to mention? Patreon donors. Oh, no, okay. no, I know that. I know that. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, I'm reading through my notes to make sure there was nothing about near that I was going to be like, oh, wait, no. Oh, God. No, we covered everything. So <clears throat> if, oh, where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. <coughs> if you would like to come join the Discord, you can join at bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Come and join. Uh, we have a good amount of people in there, and there's always conversations going on about gaming or whatever else you want to talk about. Uh, it's a good time. Good people. Come join. Uh, if you want to check out the website, which is now up to date because of one Mr. Puzzles Dane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. If you would like to be a patron and support the show, which means a hell of a lot to me, you can go to patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast and donate uh, $1 or, you know, if you donate $10 or more, you get a shout out on each and every episode like these wonderful people. Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables, all the nicknames, old Jeffy Lube himself, Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. James, the Steam Machine, Hall, Monitor Hall, Team Retro, go check him out on YouTube, and one Mr. Puzzles, Dane. Thank you guys very, very, very much. Um, it uh, Actually, I'm not going to lie to you guys, the Patreon at the moment pays for my health insurance. So, like, that's nice. I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> um, uh, so, other than that, uh, you can check me out on Yabspod, a weekly just podcast where me and Jeremy just shoot the shit. Uh, it's very not safe for work. Do not listen to it around your kids. Um, if you would like a podcast that you can listen to around your kids, uh, you can check me out over on the JRPG report. If that style of show is your thing, you can get all of your JRPG news from my illustrious tones. Um, if you'd like to get a shirt, which I've been trying to add more stuff to TSMP productions Um, and if you want to check out my music, now the nightmare.bandcamp.com. And if you would please, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast that would help us out in the algorithm and mean a ton gentlemen is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we get out of here i'm good all right well then dane thank you very much for guesting on this episode my good sir we always love having you and we look forward to having you again here soon um you can put your pants back on now and as always guys take it easy (laughs) 